What do you want to do? I don't know. We don't have an intro. All right. Welcome to episode 11 of the Glazier Gamble podcast. I, as you can see here, am Michael Glazier. And I am Joe Gamble. <laughs> and today we will be talking to you, as we always do, about sports. We have football, NFL, right around the corner. And then right now, upcoming college football has started. Uh, we're from Minnesota, and the Gophers started 11 minutes ago. And they play Ohio State, which got Quinn Ewers, who we've, we've talked about, but they, he is not starting for them. It is C.J. Stroud, I believe. We're <laughs> going to start off today with our some NBA talk because there's some trades and signings that have happened. Um, little quick little thing. Isaiah Thomas uh, is trying to make a comeback into the NBA. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I like him. I like him. I just think it's kind of hard. Uh, if people are mad that he can't play defense, but Steph doesn't play defense, Dame doesn't play defense, so... I'm cool if he makes it back into the league. I think the um, uh, he can obviously he's kind of like a little spark spark plug off the bench, right? You know, he's gonna he could come out on any night and probably drop twenty. Um, but your idea is a liability on defense, and um, I don't know. I kind of don't like the way that Boston Boston did him. I think well, they did I don't him a little think dirty. Anybody should so. be happy with what they did to him. Like Boston fans are mad about it. So right. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to throw that in to start out. Um, one. Big thing that happened was a trade that allowed Lowry Marketin to leave the Bulls. Uh, the details of the trade, I won't go into too much specifics, but uh, he signed a four-year, $67 million deal with the Cavs. The Larry Nance Jr. of the Cavaliers ended up on the Trailblazers. And right. Derek Jones Jr. and uh, first went to Chicago? Yep, Portland first. So... Derek Jones Jr. is probably the smallest piece there, which is why you had to toss in a first. And I think Larry Nance Jr. is actually going to a place where he's going to fit in really well. So I yeah, actually, I think I actually really like that. I think he'll do good there. Um, if they keep Dame, they got better. So Yeah, Dame, Dame, CJ McCollum, Nurkic, uh, Larry Nance will slide in at the power forward spot, and then you could – Ro Roko, they have Roko, I think. Yeah, Roko was playing their power forward last year. So Roko can go to his more natural position. Right, he should be and, a 2-3, uh, not a 3-4. Yeah, and so, yeah, I think that's a, they got a good starting lineup. They got to figure out what they got to do with their bench, though. Yeah, so other basketball news. We're Timberwolves fans. We are. And Anthony Edwards apparently has grown two inches this offseason. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if they were talking about height. But uh, I was really excited when I heard that information because we lost Gorgie, which we lost a lot of what I was talking about. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I, you knew when he walked in the locker room, let me tell you. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if that's what they meant because he apparently was was his listed height when he was drafted was 6'5. And he said he's apparently he's 6'4, though. So, I mean, 6'5 well, in shoes, maybe? So they, he, they said he was 6'5. That's what he was listed at. And then he said he grew two inches, which would put him at 6'7. Yeah. But then he said, don't let me get to 6'6, six, six, which means yeah. he's not even 6'6 six, six yet. 
Yeah. So if he grew two inches and he's not even six six yet, that means he was really probably drafted at like six two. Yeah. Well, I think he's he doesn't look small. Like he, he look, like well, he looks like six four. Yeah, six four, six five, which I think is what people thought he was. Yeah. And yeah. so like he's taller than Beasley by a mile. Beasley's six one. He's taller than D'Angelo. D'Angelo's probably six one in shoes. I think I think um, he's six foot in shoes. I bet D'Lo is probably five eleven or five. 10. Yeah. So um, yeah, the Anthony Edwards is apparently six four. He's listed at six five, but if he grew two inches, he's looking at six six. Yeah. And so he's already got the NBA body. Like he's he's gonna be a tougher guard now. So he's gonna be a tougher, tougher player to guard. And then he also said, uh, "Don't let me get six six, or I'll be Michael Jordan." So right, which classic Anthony mean, Edwards. An- is, yeah, Anthony Edwards is gold. So yeah. he's a. If, I think people should try to get him and in, get him into interviews. Yeah, um, he should definitely be there at an All Star Weekend. He'd be if, hilarious. <laughs> if we were a bigger show, I would definitely do my best to get him here. Oh yeah, he'd be uh, he'd be, he'd be a fun. <laughs> be a fun uh, interview well and i think it would be fun to just have some candid conversations with wolves fans yeah at, or as wolves fans but right yeah. um, so anyway just wanted to touch on that anthony edwards got taller and he was already a decent size so um it'll be nice because him growing which is the whole positive thing with getting guys when they're 19 and stuff is like yeah a lot of anthony uh, davis grew five inches since he's been drafted and yeah. gained 100 pounds like he's yeah you know yeah um and not even fat like he's just even cat cat was like a baby from what he is now he was a beautiful a little bit so but then you got guys like willie collie stein brandon ingram who stay their same weight yeah but um, we get wiggins even like wiggins hasn't yeah he bulked up too much yeah but he's basically been the same size since high school which is part of partially why he was so dominant in high school um but yeah so that was really exciting. I'm excited to see because if as long as he gets continues growing, like he can move to the three. I saw I saw a yeah he can a small ball three for sure. But so, I mean if he's if he's, I mean if you want to keep be if you want to keep Beasley in the starting lineup, if that's what you want to if or no it'd be Jaden. Yeah. So um, yeah. I mean it depends. Jaden can probably play a small ball four. Um, you could go D'Angelo Beasley Edwards Jaden cat which is what i want our starting five to be anyway. right now that's what i right. want our, that's what yeah. i want our starting five to be was what you sure. just listed um, right i would also be fine with starting uh, somebody like a kogi and having beasley come off the bench and yeah i mean a kogi you're not gonna get you're not gonna get any points out of a kogi but like, well that's the thing is like you already have cat d low jaden and that all are gonna want some points yeah so, Jaden's the defender too so i mean you have Maybe so you, maybe a Kogi and Jaden can carry the defensive. Exactly. So you have those guys as your starters to play some defense, and then you have Malik, who's going to want a lot of his shots. Um, right. Have him coming off the bench so that it guarantees him his shots and he can stay happy. I'd much rather have that than Ben Simmons. Yeah. Here's the thing. I um, <laughs> would I? I think the only piece I'd be comfortable to get rid of for Ben Simmons would be Malik Beasley, and that's that's assuming Jalen Noel is ready. Right. To like nope. step up. Um, That's also, uh, but uh, you can also like if it, if the Sixers want more, it would I, w- I wouldn't be comfortable giving up a first with Beasley. Yeah, I I mean definitely they were like why wouldn't you, a lot of people are saying why wouldn't you want to get rid of Jaden like Jaden is is potential right now, uh, but you're getting a for sure thing with Simmons and it's like 
Jaden I mean, attempted 53s. Jaden's 20 years old. Like he's right. been in the league one year. Jaden attempted 53s as a rookie and had a better shooting percentage than Simmons. Yeah, and Jaden was Jaden was like watching Jaden. He was shy. Like he he's mm-hmm. just a rookie. He w- probably didn't expect to get thrown in the starting lineup ever. And then he was just there. And then he's like, all right, well, you're you know, you're gonna be there now. I so, like him a lot. I like Jaden McDaniels a lot. Like I say please don't get rid of him. Uh, if we're gonna get rid of anybody for Simmons, it'd be Beasley, I, like Beasley, a Kogi, Layman. I mean, just cap fillers at that point. So yeah, like, like be- cap fillers. Well, see, that's the thing is you have to match cap and you have to get to a max contract. And Beasley's so, getting yeah. really good money. Like he's not getting a paid a lot. Like the only yeah. that, that's why everybody projects us trading D'Lo is because yeah, he's okay, the only one that you thing. can trade for money wise. Another thing that I saw was. Um, a lot of things says that if you want, if you want D'Angelo Russell to get traded for Ben Simmons, you're not a Timberwolves fan. So like that was that was their take because if you think about it, us as Timberwolves fans, or logical Timberwolves fans, you and I wouldn't want D'Angelo Russell to get traded for Ben Simmons no. because we know that cat cat D'Lo relationship is important uh, culture wise. It's important. He's our second best three point shooter. He, he's just our second best three point shooter. Right. So why would we want to get rid of him? And we're not saying um, Simmons doesn't fit the team. No, yeah. If you could, if you could get, if you could get Simmons with maybe uh, salary wise, Malik, Torian, Prince, those those two right there should do it. Those two right there is like twenty eight mil. Yeah, and he's thirty something. Yeah, so that should do it right there. A Kogi Layman. If you can like any of those four. Any of those four, I'd be okay with. And then yeah. if you had a starting lineup of D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Simmons, and Cat, now we're talking. You know what I mean? Like exactly, that's, exactly. And but not at the expense of any of those other four. No. Otherwise, the what's the point of getting Simmons? And right. it's like we're not saying he wouldn't be a good fit. Like Blake just said, that starting five would be amazing, and we, I think that's a playoff team. You'd have Pat Bev, Jalen Noel off the bench. You have Nas still. Mm-hmm. Paul Morrow, mm-hmm. um, you, you, so yeah. you have a really good bench, and you have you have a big potential bench that needs to get better, and then right. you have really good starters. So i I would be fine with Simmons for that, but I'm not giving up the players that they want because yeah, I think any of those four players, and then if you can if you can do it with any of those four players, you can throw in a first round pick. That's Exactly. And we have three we'll seconds. We have three seconds. And next so year. now, as the Sixers, would you rather have that package or CJ and a first? CJ McCollum in a first, because that's the big thing right now. Is apparently that's the best that they've been offered as of the past like month. Is CJ McCollum in a first round pick? Um, here's the thing. I don't think this just just buy as a biased Timberwolves fans. I don't think Malik Beasley is that off of CJ McCollum. Uh, I think in terms of overall scoring, he's better. McCollum is better. Yeah, but I feel I feel like I feel like age wise Malik Malik's younger. Malik yeah. is more athletic. It's has just, a better contract, cheaper contract. But um, McCollum's a better leader. McCollum, McCollum can, can yeah. Play the McCollum one. is a ball handler. Yep. Yeah. So, so it depends on what you're looking for. With losing Simmons, I think McCollum is a better package for them. Yeah. But I don't want Simmons, so I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. We can move on. That was a little tangent. Yeah. But yeah. Um, another some other news. Uh, Rondo. Bought out by the Grizzlies. Otto, I think. Now he's joining the Lakers. 
Shocker. Yeah. Um, he hated it on the Clippers because of their personalities. He didn't like Kawhi and PG because they got mad at him when he would yell at them. They didn't like being told what to do. Uh, that was like straight from Rondo, by the way. Yeah, like, I, Rondo. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, he's apparent. That's why apparently he was benched in the last few games is because Kawhi wanted a benched. Kawhi um, was injured. Kawhi wasn't even in there. Doesn't matter. Kawhi yelled at him. Or he yelled at Kawhi. Uh, soft. Uh, <laughs> soft. That, that's so. That is like when people say it's soft. Like, what? How much softer does it get than? I don't want to be yelled at. Yeah, I say I like to say we talked about Draymond last week. We talked about Draymond last week, and it was like, it, like you're professionals. Like you have a grown man yelling at another grown man. It's like they're not. He's not. Like he's not mad mad at you. He's mad at you know the fact that you're not doing what you can for the team. I guess that's you know he's right. trying to win. So, um, and then part of another person that is. Was Kevin Love officially bought out? Rumor, rumor to be bought out. Okay, yeah, so he's potentially going to get bought out. If he does get bought out, people think he's going to the Lakers. I don't see why he wouldn't go to the Lakers. That'd be that'd be like a perfect fit for the them. last time he was happy was on a winning team. Yeah, you don't have on. to play. You don't have to play Marcus Gasol as much, which is a win for the Lakers. Rumor is Gasol is on the out. Like apparently yeah. they're, they're trying to move him, even if they want, even if they can get just a second in return, if the salary yeah. cap works, they're apparently looking to move him. Completely. Yeah. So you don't have to play Marcus Saul as much, which is a win for them. And then uh, you get a, you get shooting too. So, right. And Kevin Love now can function as a bench scoring big. Yeah. Yeah. And in certain situations start depends. and Rondo knows how to facilitate Rondo's probably coming off the bench. So Rondo can, if he plays the Caruso role, 21 minutes, 21 minutes of just tossing the ball in the corner to Kevin Love. Yep. yep. Um, actually, with the way Kevin Love plays, tossing the ball straight behind him while Kevin Love trails for a top of the key three. Yeah. Good. That's good. I don't think we need too much more basketball news anyway. That's um, it. Um, I think personally, I think uh, Russ Westbrook on the Lakers, I think we talked about that. People are saying that it's not going to be good, mainly the Skip Baylesses of the world. But I think Russ is, he knows that at this point in his career, that I mean, he's still he's still the you know he's still gonna do all the things Russell Westbrook does, right? And I think um, you know the the one thing is I don't think LeBron is as a, as quick as he used to be. Okay, so I don't think uh, LeBron's as quick as he as he once used to be. So LeBron's old days of driving and then driving and then kicking it out. I don't think he can do that much. You know, he's a he's a maybe a mid range post up guy. ISO and then a, a spot up shooter. And so yeah. I think Russ Book, Russ, Westbrook, Russ Brook, Russ Brook, Westbrook can, you know, be that guy that drives the lane and kicks it out to LeBron or AD or whatever. So, I mean, I think uh, it's Russell Westbrook. He's an upgrade somewhere. Right. No team should be upset about getting Russ. Um, yeah. But we um, do have a quick piece of baseball news being Minnesota fans. Yeah. So let me just go down here. Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan, yeah. So he was acquired. He was drafted by the Rays in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, he was included in the uh, Nelson Cruz trade when we uh-huh. traded um, him there. And uh, he did all right. Last night, it was five innings, five strikeouts. Um, but he did he did pretty good for his MLB, MLB debut. He was destroying it in the yeah, yeah he had like he he had nine innings with 17 strikeouts or something like that yeah so um, he's he was meant to be in the in major leagues now he just has to get his feet under him here yeah 
Yeah. So, um, if, you know, it would have been really nice to have bring in another like young prospect to like put next to Barrios or something, but, um, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. So. Cause for some reason they had a fire sale and now are still not <laughs> trying to tank. Yeah. And you had, uh, you had, uh, Kenta, Kenta Maeda is out for Kenta the rest Maeda. of the yeah, season. Yeah, he was. He's a stud. Um, Barrios is a stud, and now you potentially and now could have Kenta, added Joe Ryan. Kenta so. Maeda's surgery that he just got, Tommy John's, I think, is instead of being out for twelve months, twelve to fifteen was the original timeline. Yeah, so that would have been all of the rest of the season and all of next season. Yeah. Now his projected recovery is nine to twelve. Yeah. So, so, I mean, Kenta Maeda was doing well, but, uh, or as they say, the local sports radio here thinks he has like a sexy name, Kenta Maeda. Uh, as Kenta Maeda was doing well, he's now gone for another year. So, yeah. So, and if Buxton, Joe, Joe Ryan show, Buxton made a nice diving catch last, last night. I'm or terrified so. every time he runs. Yeah. He's still the best, you know, center field, defensive center fielder in the league. So what what does Mookie Betts play? Yeah, center field maybe. I would pick. I'll mm-hmm. take Mookie. I'll <laughs> take Byron Buxton if he's if he's out there. He's amazing. <sighs> so uh, it all got NBA news in. We got baseball. baseball news in, and let's move on. NFL season is on right around the corner. We'll talk some football. Uh, football news. We're gonna start with some fantasy football. Um, we just did our draft. We wait. We always wait until the preseason's over because of injuries and final roster cuts. It's always I, we. I like the late ones. I know some people start in like the first season, like preseason. I'm always like, you don't know who's gonna. It's like, oh, it's yeah. part of the strategy. It's like I, I get it. Yeah. Last week, last week we talked to J.K. Little... Dobbins and <laughs> yeah, someone in our league did. Yeah, someone in our league did. Uh, J.K. Dobbins the day he, it was announced before our draft started, he was up oh, for yeah. the whole year. Yeah, and somebody still took him. Um, we talked last week about, you know, our kind of our, our ratings for, um, you know, wide receiver one, two, three, quarterback one, two, three, running back one, two, three, stuff like that. And we mentioned quarter, or if you're going to take wide receivers, we had to tie for a third, Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. And we said in the, we said in that, that if you get the respective quarterback, you should take the respective wide receiver. And it turns out that's exactly what I did. And that's what I did, except I didn't get my quarterback's number one wide receiver. I got his number two, but that's all right. Yeah, took Dalvin Cook in the first round. If you're still doing your fantasy draft, um, basically first overall, you're going to take Dalvin Cook, you're going to take Christian McCaffrey. It's one of those two guys. Um, and, and it's if you don't, if you're not a fan, or maybe you're from, if you're from Florida and like Tampa Bay and you don't want to take a Saint, or not a Saint, but you don't want to take a, panther number one and don't want to take a saint so you take out kamara there then dalvin or henry uh, henry one of those four guys take one of those four guys that's what i think i think if you're scared of injuries stay away from dalvin and christian if you're scared of sharing touches i would be or a reduction compared to last year i'd be a little wary of henry but i i think all four of them are gonna have amazing seasons again like no, no, nobody is. There's nothing that tells me Derrick Henry can't do what he's done in the past again. Alvin Kamara, if anything, has a larger workload this year. He's probably not right. going to have another six touchdown game. Yeah. Um, um, if you if you don't have those four, take take Tyreek Hill, number one wide receiver last two years, pretty sure. Um, Devontae. 
Or Devontae. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae are both in contract years. Aaron Rodgers fell a ton in our draft. Yeah, but we're also in Minnesota. Yeah. But I mean, you but comparatively last year when you took him, I took him compared to this round, I think. Compared to this year, he fell a lot. So uh, I uh I think if you're gonna take a wide receiver instead of a running back early, I would take Devontae first and then Tyreek personally. Yeah. I think I'd be there's those two guys. And then I always try to go for contract years, contract years. Sure. If they're in a, if they're in a contract year or if they're likely to be traded, I tend to take them because I think they're likely to fall out because they're trying harder. But, um, and that's always worked. I feel like that's always worked for me. So that's but, just a little then, tip uh, I have for people. And then get, get your tight end early. There's, yeah, there's not many three, three and a half. Um, you could, we could say five, um, if you miss out on the top three, you can wait until round 14. It doesn't yeah, matter. I got, I got, um, I got Mark Andrews, which is basically tight end four. I've seen a lot of things have him tied with Kittle kind of in that, in that range. Um, I think that depends now with JK Dobbins being gone. I think that's fair. And with Bateman being out Hollywood Brown, potentially missing the first game. Yeah. So, um, I got Mark Andrews late after the big three tight ends went. So and I got Gasicki really late, which which I in my opinion is tight end five. So yeah. and I got him. Uh, I think I got him in like round ten. For those yeah. wondering, like I got him late. Yeah, the, um, like and then Logan Thomas is up there too, which I, I also would have. Consider, Logan. See, and Logan Thomas is somebody I tried to stay away from. I rated him high. I had yeah. him on my board high, but I tried to stay away from him um, because Ryan Fitzpatrick likes to use wide receivers more than tight ends, and then he likes wide running backs next. Um, and then on top of that, Logan Thomas just got a contract, and I also tend to stay away from guys that just got contracts. Sure, just because I'm—you never know which guy is going to do the. I, I pulled Lawrence. your approach last year. Last year, you took basically all the tight ends from people. I think, or yep. maybe that was the year before. Last so year, I, I took Kittle. Oh, I every year I, I tend to do tight end heavy. I like because we run a flex position. So if you right. get somebody, if you get like uh, there was a couple years where I had Jordan Reed. And I think it was one year where I had Kelsey and Jordan Reed. Yeah. And then there was another year where I had Jordan Reed again and like Ebron's good year as the Lions. You had yeah, you had Kittle and somebody. You had there was I had Kittle year. last year, but that was you my had only like Kittle year. and Kelsey. I swear you had. I thought you had both. I tend to do tight end heavy though. Yeah. You know, because if you a mixture of strategy of helping your team score, you always have a flex. And when you're if you have a good flex outside of those tight ends then you have a backup tight end for when your other one's on by and because there's so few good tight ends you hurt the rest like the rest of your league as a tight end that scores two points every week because you have the two tight ends that score touchdowns right so that's what i took i took mark andrews and logan thomas to i think let you could also let other people go after kittle and kelsey and if you wanted in like rounds two three or three four you could try to slide in waller andrews Yeah, like Waller if, and Andrews. Yeah, if you were if you're able to I slide agree. Waller Andrews, I think that a lot of people have Waller above Kittle. Exactly. So if you can I, get one of those guys plus a Mark Andrews, that's in that in my opinion, that's the sort of thing I would do. Yeah. This year I did a little different, and I drafted like three running backs as my first three picks. Yeah. To do so instead of taking tight ends from people, I tried to take running backs from people. Yeah. Um, I took Nick Chubb, which I wasn't originally planning to, but then I ended up with the eighth pick, and the guys that I wanted most early on were gone 
Yeah, I think Chubb was right behind. Um, let's see. I, 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 there's the big four, and then there's like there's Saquon, Zeke. I think they're kind of in that next tier. And then I don't trust either of those guys. Yeah, so Saquon and Zeke are kind of in that next next tier. Of- I think Zeke's a better pick than Saquon. I think Saquon has potential to boom more, but if you're somebody that has, if you're weary of injuries, yeah. Yeah, running back who keeps getting leg injuries is terrifying. Yeah. So Saquon, so. I love Saquon. Penn State, it was, I I was like, okay, this is the next big running back, but he can't. He's never in. Can't right. play. Right. And then, it's sad. Yeah. It's sad, yeah. but he's really good. Chubb's um, in there in that mix too. Chubb's yeah, I went there. my running back. I have Josh Jacob, Nick Chubb, James Robinson. Um, yeah. And then so. I have. Ravondre Stevenson as my backup running back. So I have good running backs, but my receivers are weak. My quarterback's good. I mean, I got Derek Carr and Justin Herbert. Obviously, I'll start Herbert until he, unless it looks poor, unless he looks right. bad. But I think Herbert's a solid with new old line. Right. So, right. Yeah. I wanted the Kyler D hop combo, but I think everybody else in our league was thinking similar because those guys all went super early. Yeah. I got them uh, 20. No, 24 and 25. So that's when I drafted them. I I, I got Kyler and Diab. Yeah. But yeah, there, um, there's some people tend to, they tend to wonder like matchup wise, like, oh, should I play this person or this person? Um, there's a lot of people that uh, got Kenny Galladay early this year. Kenny Galladay is somebody that is recommended. I recommend benching him for the first week. Um, the Giants with a lot of new weapons and trying to get Saquon back into the mix. I think they're going to start out off i think they're going to try to they're trying to figure out who gets the catches so they're not sure if sterling shepherd's even going to get catches they're not sure if they want to give evan ingram like back into the lineup he's yeah like, he's they got to, he's potentially out the whole season yeah you got kenny galladay you got uh what darius slayton or something slayton Kadarius tony yeah and then you got shepherd ingram yeah you don't know where the ball's going so i think kenny galladay is somebody game. that's a boomer bust potential week one so i st- tend to stick away from those early Early on, uh, he's somebody that a lot of people have questions on. Um, there's a couple more people that people have questions on. Um, uh, people weren't sure if Julio Jones was going to do well to start out. Um, he is practicing. People weren't sure if he was actually going to practice. He is practicing, and he goes up against Arizona. I think Arizona's defense, Arizona's games, I think all any time you go up against Arizona this year, I would play that team or play your player. Um, the running backs against that team might be rough with their their D-line. Their D-line's pretty good. I think their offense moves so fast that by the end of the game, second half, their defense is going to be exhausted anyway. So I think it's shootouts no matter. Even with a good defense, they're going to have shootouts. Sure. Oh, Josh Jacobs versus Kenyon Drake. People weren't sure about. The Raiders today said uh, yesterday in an interview with, yeah, an interview with their owner. Not only did they talk about John Gruden potentially being on the hot seat, like we talked about last week. Oh, um, we he, did do that. We did. We did talk about that. But now all the other media shows are talking about it today. <laughs> um, so we were a little early on that, but we got our, that, our insiders are our insiders are good. So but Mark Davis, Al Davis, Mark Al wow. Davis, their owner Davis. was talking about how uh, why would we we went after Kenyon Drake for as a split carry, why would we're not telling you that Josh Jacobs isn't going to be the starter anymore. 
And so basically he came out with a statement saying Josh Jacobs load will not be lightened. If anything, they're just going to be more run heavy and take the ball out of cars hands. If people who are scared of playing Josh Jacobs got a little bit more reassurance that he will actually be playing. Um, Ferkser, bad news for the people that drafted him is he is potentially even going to be their second tight end on their roster. I was one of those people. I took the risk on him. Yeah, yeah. There's you got Gesicki though, so you could afford to. I took take a risk. That, yeah. that risk in tight end, and they 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 did. Johnu did so much last year. You had to you had to try. You had to try to get that replacement. So, uh, and then the top owned the top unowned quarterbacks on Yahoo right now on Yahoo Sports and CBS Sports. Uh, Jamie's Winston is the number one quarterback they recommend picking up i give that some time you should if you drafted a quarterback and if you're not sure about your quarterback after the draft you should be worried about your team in general um if uh, i guess my advice for jamie's would be wait until week say if you have a hopefully you have a quarterback with a late bye week um you know that gives time for michael thomas to be back um week seven and then have michael thomas get acclimated to the you know get back in action Hopefully you give that a couple weeks and then I'd maybe consider JB's. That'd be the only, yeah, same. The only bit. Um, but otherwise, if you're looking for a sleeper stash pick, one of the biggest ones I would say is Marcus Mariota. Uh, he's a, currently a backup. Multiple teams are inquiring with the Raiders on trading him to be their starter, trading for him to be their starter. So one of those guys, um, similar like a Zach Ertz. If you target those guys, there's I did I did that with James Robinson. It's similar. Like if you know their starter is potentially going to get traded, you draft their backup, knowing they'll eventually be a starter. Marcus Mariota, there's a good chance that he becomes a starter by the end of this year somewhere. And people don't trade for guys like quarterbacks to not heavily use them. So just a, a stash pick. If you're a 15 or 16th round, you want a backup quarterback and you're comfortable with your starter, I would slide in Mariota there. Sure. Just, just yeah, like um, other football news. We have some Viking stuff. Harrison Smith signed an extension. Four-year yeah. highest paid safety in the NFL. I think uh, second highest. I think it's the, all second highest. I think highest, they must be highest guaranteed. It was one of Maybe, the highest. Yeah, I think it's highest guaranteed. It's highest it's, guaranteed, but I think overall the AP, AP, APY. It's is like second 15.3 average and uh 26.4 26.3 something yeah. 26.38 million um guaranteed so congratulations he's most underrated madden safety in the most history of madden safety overall yeah it's ridiculous uh, good for good for harry um he's well Means he's going to end his career in minnesota too yeah and that's that's huge that's huge. Um, he's still got game. It's not like he's slowed down right. at all. He can he can still um, play both safeties. He's still a leader on the defense. Stays pretty healthy. He stays healthy, and he has yeah. the highest conversion rate, or he used to at least. I don't know if he still does, but most likely safety to score a touchdown when getting an interception. Yeah, so. and, uh, I think for a while he had like sixty percent of his interceptions ended up being. Nice. It was some insane number. So. Um, I'm really happy. I used to have two yeah. of his jerseys. I gave one to my dad. So I, I love Harrison Smith. He was probably, he is to this day, probably my favorite current Viking. Um, I tend another, to like defensive players more. Another big thing is, uh, you know, when they were talking, when Harry and, and the Vikings were talking extensions, there was two names that were talking extensions from Minnesota. And we brought this up a couple weeks, but it was Harrison Smith and Brian O'Neill. So 
Brian O'Neill, fingers crossed. <laughs> You'll get we one. get. They won't be get him if they can't re-sign Brian O'Neill. I have lost faith in our in yeah. Spielman. Like yeah. he's your best lineman that we have. So you got to best keep lineman in and since probably rookie season, Matt Khalil, which yeah. is a long time. It's been a long time since we had someone like that. So and considering we haven't had good linemen since John Sullivan. Steve Hutchinson, like we haven't had good linemen basically since all the way back then. Like Riley Reef yeah. was above average. Yeah, Joe Berger. Right. Um, like those guys, but none of the like the, our last stud lineman was Sullivan. Yeah. And so it's not, I think I keep the guys that are good. Brian O'Neill yeah. needs to get re-signed now. Um, another Viking that was in a contract year, but I don't know if they're gonna re-sign him now. Irv Smith is out for the whole year. Back to fantasy football, my dad drafted him, and I texted him during the draft saying, I don't think you should have picked him because you don't know how he's going to do. And then after the draft was over, it was announced that Irv Smith's out for the year. Yeah, there is a – so it might if, – if he is if this is his contract year, uh, they can put an injury designation because he hasn't played any yeah. games this year and extend – essentially extend his contract one more year. Yeah. Um, so the thing with Irv is it they didn't know if it was like a minor minor meniscus like surgery which would or a cleanup which would he would be out 3 to 4 weeks or 4 to 5 weeks or something but the surgery like full on surgery to clean everything up is better for his career like yep. longevity especially of his as career. a tight end yeah the longevity of his career and it's about f- like f- 5 months yeah. recovery so, so which is probably going to be the whole year so he's out for the year uh, it's really too bad. I like Conklin a lot. Yeah, um, Conklin's I thought good. he was going to become the tight end one, but then they traded for Chris Herndon. They yeah, traded think, a fourth think, round pick for Herndon and a sixth. Yep. Um, I I like Herndon. I think he was wasting away over in the Jets. I think he um, thought so too. He did like a celebration when he left. He like did a thank you to the Jets, but I'm glad to be gone, basically. Yeah. So I mean. I feel like the Jets are the new Raiders, but the Raiders are still the Raiders. So, but yeah, I'm I I like Chris Herndon. I always feel like like drafting him, but then I'm like, all right, the Jets are horrible. So it's like good tight end, bad situation. Sure. Um, and I think he's gonna slide right in as the tight end two until maybe he gets more acclimated. And uh, but I think Conklin's gonna do great. I think, I think Conklin, Conklin is, is too. I think Conklin's gonna be similar to what Kyle Rudolph does, but hopefully with more, you know, more opportunities it's just in the receiving crazy. game. Some of these guys with NFL blood, like have brothers and cousins in the NFL, like Conklin yeah. just, yeah. they're all so good. Like a lot of them are like all the Matthews and Conklin yeah. is just another one. Like it's, it's cool. I hope he does really well. And I think he will. He was so yeah, good in the backup role. Every opportunity to, to like make and an Kirk, name for himself right Kirk's here. A fan. So, yeah. When you're like throwing into, you. yeah, it's like throwing into a mattress. <laughs> Well, that's what he said about Rudolph. Yeah. No, I think they're going to be good. I think Herndon's versatile too. Herndon can block. And I think uh, the more, if you can, our tight ends in our scheme have to be able to block first. They have to be able to run block first because it all revolves around Dalvin. Um, So if they can block and they can set the edge, it's going to be more of a threat where they can just release. And then all of a sudden you got a tight end wide open. So absolutely. So we sucked you into Vikings talk. You guys had to hear it, but that's actually the uh, end of our football discussion. Well, I got one more. On you got one more? Let's hear it. Yeah, the Vikings released Colquitt, but then they, oh. were, they were going to re-sign him, and there was like a report that says Vikings are re-signing Colquitt. It's just one of those procedural moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but like then what the, they did with Everson. 
yeah, the Steelers released Jordan Berry, um, which is a punter as well. And basically Jordan Berry has been a, um, a top 20 punter, which is not, you know, 30, 32 teams in the league. Yeah. 32 teams in the league and um, 20 out of 32 is not that great. However, um, I think we just needed to move on for Colquitt. So um, we talked last week about special teams. Um, I'm kind of a special teams nerd. That was my favorite position to play when I was in the league, in the league, when I was in football. (laughs) Damn. Jeez, I'm so good. No, uh, when I was playing football, um, my favorite thing to do with special teams, that's what I liked best was returning, kicking, and punting. Um, And the Colquitts, both Dustin and Britton, what I loved, have loved about them is the fact that their form is like impeccable, which helps like as an evaluator, as a coach, because when they're, when they start doing poorly, like Britton Colquitt had, he was ranked, he was punter 24. Said, yeah, pun- you said? yeah. Punter 24 last year. Um, when, they, when they start to fall off, when Dustin and Britton fall off, you know, it's just losing their leg because their form has never left. Like yeah. their form is so perfect that when their leg goes like, I honestly think there's a good chance Britain is done in the NFL now just because like what can he work on? Like he can he can work out, keep working his legs out, he can do whatever but his form is still there. He's just not getting the elevation that he needs. Um, right. which to me tells me he's just like he's on that downslope of his career. Sure. Um, so I think the Jordan Berry move is smart to move on. Yeah, and uh, he was actually 19th last year. He's been top 20 every year, but he was 19th last year compared to Britain's uh 24 okay well i think it's smart i think it's smart to upgrade specialist anytime you can i think they just saw they saw um that the steelers released him and they just jumped on that opportunity they're like this guy this guy will will work for us and be better so yeah so i think smart move uh thank you britain because like both of the cold quits i don't think you could be mad about having no they're stand-up vets you know much like sean mannion who is uh who's also his back he's on the practice squad but Mm -hmm. um yeah, no, Colquitt had Colquitt had some good ones too. There's like 68 yarders, um, but it's like 48 was what you're getting. 48 max. Right. Which I mean so, Jeff, that's, that's about good. what Jeff Locke was doing during yeah. his best year with us. And we were looking to upgrade him every year. So that Yeah, Jeff that- Locke was I think Jeff Locke was at like 46 yards, but it was he was Exactly. So he's not good. he's right he was Britton Colquitt was about the equivalent of a Jeff Locke. Yeah. So you got to move on from somebody like that. Personally, I'd rather we draft a guy. Um, I would love to see an Aussie football guy. But um, we'll see. I think kickers kickers are the big question mark here, but I'd love to see. I'd love to see a punter. So kickers are the most mental game, mental thing. It's just like basketball with free throws. It's all about repetitive motion. And uh, when you have a coach that doesn't know how to talk to a guy, mentally and which i think yeah. that's where zimmer's fault is is he doesn't know how to get through to people that are softer like right i can i can definitely admit it i didn't like to be yelled at anytime i had a coach that got mad and yelled all the time that was the coach i tend to uh tend sure. to fade away from um if yeah if you tried to tell me how to up like make my kicks better i needed you to sit down and talk to me with my about my form and yeah like, maybe go t- send me to meditation or something, but yelling yeah. at my face and saying, how the F do you miss a kick that, yeah, or, that, that or, just, that's like, Oh, Simmons, how the hell do you miss a or, free throw? Or like, or how, how many times do you shoot threes in a game or how many right. times do you get to shoot threes? Right. That you don't, that doesn't help like that. 
I get that that's what like that competitiveness, that anger is what sports has kind of been built on. And that's what built increases competitiveness. But yeah. I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. I'd much, I'd, like when we mentioned this to our listeners, that's what we were talking about our listeners. Like if you're going to comment or tweet at us, tell me why you prefer somebody else. Don't tell right. me why you hate somebody. Like, yeah, if someone me- can it's like the things we see where people are just like, Kirk sucks. It's like, okay, why do you think he sucks? Right. And tell me why you'd rather have Taylor Heineke. Like, yeah. tell, tell me what makes... what. Tell, tell me makes, why you would rather have Cam, since that's the hot thing right now. Tell me why I would rather have Cam than Kirk Cousins. Or tell me why you'd rather have Cam than Mac Jones. Like, Tell me, tell yeah. me what you'd like. Don't tell me why you don't want Cam. Tell me why you want Mac Jones. Don't tell me yeah. why you don't want Kirk. Tell me why you want Sean Mannion or Kellen yeah, Mond. Yeah. Like, tell me why you want somebody. Tell me why you want to start this second string linebacker at mid, uh, like the second string outside linebacker at middle linebacker instead of your current middle. Like, right. just be positive about it. it. It leads to better discussion as opposed to eventually, like, you notice that in these angry discussions in sports, the responses get short. Like, the first guy has like a paragraph. Yeah. And the second guy responds with a paragraph. And then the first guy responds like this. And the second guy responds like this. And then eventually yeah. it's either just gifts or yeah. it's like one word. like Right. And it's like, so obviously no quarterback's perfect except Patrick Mahomes. But um, And even he's not perfect. His worst performances have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so everyone, yeah. So you're not going to go around saying Patrick Mahomes sucks. No. You need to be like <laughs> Patrick Mahomes needs to improve in this area. Um, Patrick Mahomes needs to have an O line that's not looks like that doesn't look like Swiss cheese. Yeah, like, so do the Vikings. <laughs> well, exactly. Like Kirk yeah. Cousins needs time to throw the ball. He yeah, needs the, I think he had the uh, shortest uh, time before he had to throw last he, year at one point a, for a career. If you if for on the Vikings, Kirk Cousins has been here what for five years, four years. Yeah, four or five years. Yeah, um, I think it's yeah, I think it's four years. In the last four years, no quarterback has had less time to throw the ball. Yeah. He, like th- including three- one season where he had 1.7 seconds on average to throw the ball. Yeah. And I think that was his second year or first year in the, yeah. the Vikings. He had 1.7 so, seconds on average to throw. Ridiculous. Tom Brady can't get the ball up. Tom Brady likes to have at least two seconds. He has like the quickest release in NFL yeah. history. He on Tom average Brady can just in. bounce back there. He's, he's just no, no fear in the world. He's just. Right. Sitting back there. And so like, and even Tom Brady has places where he can improve. Yeah. And my, in my opinion, like every quarterback could improve. Yeah. Every player can improve, but don't tell me about why they suck. Yeah. Because, or just say they suck with right? no, no basis or information. Because that's a like, what, what are we supposed to do? Like you just tell, you respond to us, you comment to us, like this person sucks. What are we, how are we supposed to respond to you? No, they don't. Yeah, that it's was like, the conversation. Thank yeah, you. it's like playing um, the great transition here. It's like playing League of Legends, for instance. Um, Which we, you know, we, we stream that every night from 7 p.m. Yeah. to midnight uh, yeah. Central Time. So it's like saying you can tell someone they suck at League of Legends, which basically everyone else does. Yep. Um, or you can be like, hey, it's, it's hard to tell someone how they can improve there because you don't know them. And they get um, defensive and they're going to get a stranger. Defensive. Yeah, so... I mean, teacher, but we look at the games when we play and we're like, all right, how can we improve in this situation? It keeps your own Um, mentality better and it helps everyone else in the conversation stay positive too. Yeah. 
So yeah. that's our little thing. That's our little soapbox there. If um, in the comment section on Twitter, stay positive. We're trying to create a positive community here. We want it. We we're fine with de- debates and discussions. What we don't want is arguments. Right, really. So for the sake of this, you're talking about discussions, how we would rather, we'd rather have a discussion, not an argument. Yeah. Um, yeah. would much rather so have a discussion. For the sake of, you know, if you ever have a topic that we need to discuss, for the sake of the discussion, um, we would we would take the for or against. So even if we say we both have the view of we're both for this, um, for the sake of the discussion, if people want to see that, we would take the one would take for, one would take against. Mm-hmm. Then to transition to the LCS or playing League of Legends, um, TSM may not be good at a lot of things now. Um, but they do have the best player in the split this year. And that is uh, that is the jungler for TSM. That's Spica. Yeah. And we know we talked about TSM a little bit last week. And basically we said we could trash the whole team and just keep Spica and start fresh. So and he won MVP. So build, go ahead and build around him. Yeah. Um, another former former TSM player, Biofrost, is coming back out of retirement to either be a coach, player, or both. I saw that. Um, he basically really only played well with uh, Doublelift. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's that, amazing in solo queue. Yeah. So um, back to that discussion thing. Um, for those of you that might be a little worried, a uh, little background information on like, say myself here. I used to be in a youth in like government program where I learned how to become like potentially become a future lawyer and work for politics. I used to be very large into politics and I was in a pre-law program. And uh, before joining, like starting law school, I decided to drop out because I realized you had to, to, you had to be a defendant for your first six cases in the state that I was looking into working at. So um, I do have a lot of, and I was on like a public debate team. So like, I do have a lot of experience. So, so in other words, he's saying he would absolutely kill me in these discussions, but no, no, I'm uh, saying if, if we need somebody to take a side, it's not just going to be. Like we're just taking a side to take a side. Like we will genuine. I like we'll genuinely do re- just because I might disagree with a side. I'll genuinely do the research to make it seem like I do absolutely believe. Like that's my opinion. Sure. I, and you can I want, you can help me with that to help the with the, the exactly. Guests. It's it's very fun and like I was raised with somebody who claims to be uh, enjoy being a devil's advocate. So. I, I mean, we it won't be just boring. One person takes one side, one person doesn't. It'll be actual, like interesting. You're, if you you believe in a side, your side will be represented in a discussion. Sure. Um, but like we said, it's discussion, not arguments. Yeah. So we talked about the LCS. We wanted to talk about Spica. We mentioned that. So <laughs> I think that might be it for sports for us overall. Oh, uh, do you want to do the sponsor? Quick between segments. Our sponsor. Yeah. 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 Do do. You, Want to let them know who it was this time? <laughs> I was I was gonna let you do it. Uh, oh, um, so you're running the meeting. I mean, so all right. Um, <clears throat> well, we have our first channel sponsor here, which is no one. <clears throat> Works, yeah. Um, so we have a free sponsor. This our pod. This episode of the pod. This section of the podcast is sponsored by Glacier Gaming. Uh, <laughs> sponsored by our gaming channel that is on YouTube and Twitch, 7 p.m. to midnight uh, U.S. Central Time is the streaming hours, and the gaming channel has is posts 
either once a week, twice a week, sometimes three times a week. So it was, yeah, it was good to win again. It felt good to win. Um, yeah. So feel free. Thank you to Glacier Gaming for sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> um, you gave us zero dollars. I appreciate it. You're welcome to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> being the representative of Glacier Gaming. We are here for them. They are here for us. Yeah. That is... All right. Welcome to episode 11 of the Glacier Gamble podcast. I, as you can see here, am Michael Glacier. And I am Joe Gamble. <laughs> we should start with um we should start with the thing coming out in two hours, three Song hours and cheap? six minutes. Song yeah. Cheap? Well, what did you I think? Want to say that's about it? that's what's hot right now. Let me look at our little notes here. Um, there was a little uh, minute clip from it. Oh um, yeah, that it was, was released today. recently. Um, it a couple of times, like I always yeah. try to. Yeah, we tried to break it down a little bit. Um, another abomination versus we assume Wong scenes. It looked like the uh, the glyph like blocking thing that the sorcerers supreme the sorcerers do. Uh, so I assume it's that. The one big takeaway I got from it was. We had a s- small text back and forth today. Um, there's a dude that is fighting a, a girl, and it looks like he's got the like extremist solution going through his body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets you know hit by a couple daggers or whatever. But she like uh, stabs him a bunch. Yeah, and so, he's like, yeah, yeah, get, get him in there. Yeah. So then, it, so it looked like just a giant fight. There's the there's the big ring, which is like where the big fights are going down. And then, and then there's these little like side panels to keep my frame here. Basically, if side you've ever panels. heard of the red light district in Amsterdam, where the girls are in like glass cases advertising themselves, so the the sex workers are are yeah. uh, lined up in glass cases, basically advertising themselves. Um, another good I, uh, way to describe it might be like the delivery, like where they hold the babies in hospitals. Is like a whole bunch of different glass rooms contain, yeah. Yeah, you know, that lined a hallway yeah. that you walk down, and there's little fights going down in each one of those little little things. And so you thought there was the extremist in the one I, yeah. I think it looks like the ex- extremist extremist solution, or whatever. It, it looks spelled, like, I feel it. like it should be extremist, but I, I don't extremist. remember how they pronounce it in the yeah. Movie. It just it looks like that. It um, does. However, it could. It also looks like when Kevin Bacon absorbed energy in X Men First Class, which could just be the available CGI technology they use, just yeah. looking similar. Um, I my thought was that it was Monstars from Space Jam. It looked a lot like the effects that were on the basketball when they were trying okay. to give when they were giving the guys their powers back in Space uh, okay. Jam, in the first Space Jam movie. All right. Um, I thought it looked like. So I thought that might have been like a souped up monster. Okay, Mugsy Bogues, you think, or like Charles Barkley? I mean, Sean, that, it, Sean it Bradley. Like the size of it was like six foot something, so it's not Mugsy. So I'm thinking more like uh, I don't know, Terry Crews slash Charles Barkley <laughs> hybrid. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought that was cool. My theory was so Aquafina in that little clip says, "Is he fighting?" Referring to Shang Chi, is he fighting one of these? And that's when he says, no, he's going to be fighting. These are all small fights. He's going to yeah. be fighting there. And then he points to where A-Bomb is fighting Wong yeah. in the ring, like in the main center <laughs> stage. Right. Um, my theory is because because she says one of these, that's insinuating that these are like all people with powers and abilities. Um, I think this is where they're going to potentially slide another mutant in because yeah. 
Well, the apparently the arm, the guy with the blades, the blade arm, Razor Fist. Razor Fist is a mutant. Okay, I so, know that uh, in the comics, something very, t- very tied to the Mandarin is stuff is Betsy Braddock, which is Psylocke. Cool. Psylocke is tied to them. I think they like they clone her or they transfer her conscience into a um that's because she's supposed to she's european i believe that's where brian braddock is so i assume they're from the same family lineage or whatever um but then they like transfer her entity into a like an ethnic um ethnic woman and so she's that's why her appearance looks different sure that's like comic wise that's what happens i don't know if they're going to do that because that's super confusing um, but yeah, Psylocke is tied to that. I don't think you're going to see Psylocke. Because... I don't think so. That's a kind of a big character to throw in as an extra in a Shang-Chi movie. Yeah. Um, so. I would I would assume we're going to see somebody that looks like a side, like one of the smaller mutants that you might have seen in previous movies. I think you might see a little Easter egg of them in one fighting in one. Like, sure. I wouldn't be surprised to see, obviously not somebody Jubilee, like... Jubilee is of that A origin. Darwin... Okay. Uh, like you'll see a Darwin, or maybe you'll see a not Banshee because that kind of you'd break the glass. But you see somebody. You see somebody. I, like I, I see that. what you mean. I maybe think the, an angel. The mute. Yeah. The, I mean, the mutants are coming at some some point. Exactly. Um, and they've already they they had one in Black Widow. We have Razor Fist. Like, and the rumor is there's going to be a Fox verse character in, in yeah. WandaVision, which we're all assuming is going to be Magneto or Phoenix. Those are mutants. Um, yeah. Rogue is... Rogue's supposed to be possibly Captain Marvel 2, which... Is, so they're like... It the looks Marvels. like they're sporadically adding mutants everywhere. So my theory is that they're going to add a mutant in Shang-Chi in one of those fighting cases. Even if they're not talked about, pay attention. I think it'll be in there. And next episode that We'll actually be able to talk about Shang Chi. Yes, yes, we um, will. I'm going to be looking for that. Keep your eye I think out. It's be, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great. I'm super excited for it. Oh, uh, so speaking of that, uh, Tim Roth is confirmed to be voicing Abomination in Shang Chi. I think that's same. kind of a no brainer considering he was he was already guaranteed. He was already confirmed to come back in She Hulk. Yep. So for us to see him in Shang Chi, why would it be a different actor voicing him? Right. Right, that'd be right. dumb. So, yeah, that was confirmed. That one just a quick little quick hitter, but yeah, you should have expected that. If you didn't expect that, you probably right. one of those people that maybe didn't see these leaks. So, for those of you that didn't see it, he's gonna be back in She Hulk as Abomination, and he's the one voicing Abomination in Shang Chi as well. Um, I don't believe She Hulk is a prequel or anything, so that means we can also assume Abomination will not die in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it is either. Um, I don't think it's. I think Abomination is one of the ugliest creatures he in is. Marvel, he, and he got uglier f- from the Incredible Hulk movie because yeah, there's better CGI. Yeah, um, he's he. It, they said that like his appearance is different. He's got like the the fanged ears now, mm-hmm. which he does in the um, comics, but not whatever. But have you ever seen a natural bratwurst, like an all natural bratwurst with the natural casing? probably i'll so, look it up so it's like it's like a pinkish gray all right if you boil those if you boil a natural cased natural bratwurst they turn to like this disgusting tan gray color 
Okay. Or this beige gray color. Yeah. That is the color of abomination skin. Like he looks yeah. like a boiled bratwurst. Yeah. He's and supposed to like, look. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be hungry. I'm not supposed to like my wife hates brats. So she probably would despise abomination. Yeah. Well, he's a, he should be ugly. Well, like, his name is abomination. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, he's ugly and I cannot get over the fact of how ugly he reminds me of a boiled brat and it's yes. i hate boiled brats i want them on the grill i want them over a fire sure yeah. but i grew up with boiled ones and man they just it just remind he just reminds me of a boiled brat like if i were to bite into his skin it would just be stretchy and snap it, mm. it, ugh. God. <laughs> so uh yeah shang chi's coming out that's what we have to say about that i've seen um, it in two days Yep, seeing it in two days, and then forty-eight hours from now we will be in the theater. Question of the day for people: We are gonna. We mentioned that we're gonna go see Shang Chi this weekend. Will you be seeing Shang Chi this weekend? Uh, Let us know in the comments via Twitter, preferably via comments, so that we can interact immediately. Um, Yeah, let us know. Will you be seeing Shang Chi uh, this weekend? This will be our first question of the day. Yeah, so will you be seeing it opening weekend, which will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? Or since it's a holiday weekend, let's throw Monday in there as well. Sure. Will you be seeing it at all this weekend? There we go. Uh, do you want to do the sponsor? Quick between segments. Our sponsor? Yeah. 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 Do you do you want to let them know who it was this time? <laughs> I was I was gonna let you do it. Uh, oh um, so you're running the meeting. I mean, so all right. Um, <clears throat> well, we have our first channel sponsor here, which is no one. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so we have a free sponsor. This our pod. This episode of the pod. This section of the podcast is sponsored by Glacier Gaming. Uh, <laughs> sponsored by our gaming channel that is on YouTube and Twitch, seven p.m. to midnight uh, U.S. Central Time is the streaming hours. So feel free. Thank you to Glacier Gaming for sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> um, you gave us zero dollars. I appreciate it. You're welcome to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> being the representative of Glacier Gaming. We are here for them. They are here for us. That yeah. is... Okay. Uh, all right, uh, next little... So we talk, We got some Shang-Chi information in there. We are going to go see that. Another movie that I would love to see and is one of my favorite... Well, he's actually my favorite Marvel character, Venom. Uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage was just confirmed will be PG-13. Um, I get why people are upset about that because they want rated R because it's Carnage and Let There Be Carnage was like the dead growth like the most grotesque comic series but there was also in captain america i saw captain america has a guy go through a helicopter or jet propeller and then blood trails behind the plane so it's not like they can't show violence it just really means that there's no nudity and there's they can't have more than two f it would be very very gruesome. It's like okay, Carnage should have very gruesome violence. Yeah, like I agree. very gruesome violence. Right, you should um, see him po- like he should stab people through maybe like the eye and head. Like, yeah, he, he should have what make the audience kind of cringe. Like, oh, yeah. Like- and Venom, you should see him biting off heads. Right. Um. So, uh, so I think it would be better rated R, but I think it's smarter for them to keep it PG 13 because they can still keep the violence but attract a larger audience. Fans yeah, and there, and... there should there should be more violence, right? Like, 
I would be fine if they did a Deadpool sort of thing. Have a rated R as their regular version and then have a PG-13 version. Sure. Sure. Like a uh, Once Upon a Deadpool, you mean? Exactly. Yep. So do I would yeah. I think doing something like that more comic book movies should start doing that sort of thing because Deadpool yeah. that was a huge success. Obviously, that was when theaters were fully open and that sort of thing. But right. um, I really think I really think that they should have, especially with something like Let There Be Carnage, where you could probably delete an entire section of an action scene and not lose any quality in the movie. All right. And that whole section can make it rated R, but after you delete that whole section for PG-13, it doesn't ruin the movie for PG-13 people. It just enhances it for the rated R people. So yeah. I'm cool with it being PG-13. I'm not mad. Um, Venom is the, the the new direction they're heading with Venom is kind of like almost an anti-hero funny guy. Which yeah, that's what that's what they want to do. They want to do. You know what I mean? So Morbius is not going to is a is a not a villain he's an anti-hero he's part right. of the midnight suns you know he's so with uh, the directions that they're heading this is too surprising yeah and then you know craven i don't expect them to do a villain movie for craven no i expect craven to be an anti-hero too so so you're taken away from villains here but yeah um yeah it's pg-13 it was announced confirmed i'm not mad about it i'm still want, we're I'm still gonna, gonna see, see it still gonna see that we're still gonna the see weekend it, yeah. it comes out as well uh some other MCU news. One of my favorite actors in the world is Elijah Wood. As a person, he is amazing. I love his interviews. Um, he actually just did a Hot Ones interview this year, so I watched that. But I've watched other interviews with him. Um, he's very interesting to me. He dropped out of, for those of you who don't know, he dropped out of high school to do Lord of the Rings. So he's not even a high school graduate. Um, I don't know if he ever went back, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, he was 17 during Lord of the Rings. Um, and he dropped out of high school to go do those and just like, I don't know, he's very, uh, inspirational guy. His fa- he loves frozen pizza and he's just like a food foodie. Um, so I don't know, I can, I feel like I can relate a lot to him and not to mention he's an incredible actor. Right. So, um, but anyway, he just came out saying he wants to be in the MCU and like, he basically said like, who wouldn't want to be in the MCU? Yeah. A lot of people are saying that, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, uh, yeah, you play. Yeah, he said himself, he's like, pretty sure my next step is uh, going into the MCU. He's going to be he, the he, villain in Far Cry 6 for those yeah, of you who don't yep. know. <laughs> he's the villain in, uh, he's Moff Gideon in The Mandalorian. And uh, he is the magic mirror in the show Once Upon a Time. Yep, he's the he's the bad dude in uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, he's, he's, he's another he's one of those amazing actors. Yeah, but oh, he's the, he's like, actually he's actually the uh, villain of the the evil organization in the Boys. He's in the Boys uh, too. That's so, awesome. Yeah, but anyway, Elijah Wood. Uh, he said he wants to be in the MCU, and I can't think of anybody that has ever said before they were in the MCU that they want to be in it that has been bad. Like yeah, I, I can think of other people that have wanted to be in the MCU before they before they were in it. They said, "I want to be in the MCU," and even sometimes they have a character they say they want to play. Elizabeth right. Olsen, um, uh, Chris Pratt, the dude that plays uh, the guy the guy that's playing Druig. I think the guy that's playing Druig and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, these are well, all he... people that said they wanted to be because Jake Gyllenhaal has wanted to be the original Spider Man. Barry Kagan or Kate Kogan. 
Barry okay. Kagan or Barry Kogan said, make me a superhero. And then he tagged at Marvel. And this was in like 2013. And now he's one of the characters in Eternals. So Exactly. So I can't think of anybody who's done a bad job. Elijah Wood has never done anything, in my opinion, that wasn't bad. If anything, people just don't like some of his projects because they're more artistic than cinematic. Yeah. Similar to um, um, Harry Potter. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Radcliffe, the same thing. They're very similar styles of people, except Daniel Radcliffe said, sure, I would do in the MCU if they called me, but I've never gotten a call. So he didn't didn't advertise himself like Elijah would, but that's because Daniel Radcliffe prefers plays. But yeah, I I would uh, do some unspeakable things to get Elijah Wood into the MCU. Um, I'm all for it. He is like 5'8". So, you know, Wolverine is what you're saying. <laughs> I don't think he could do Wolverine. Um, he, he would try, but you know, you get somebody like Elijah Wood to do maybe a Cyclops. Um, you could get him to do, I, I don't care. They can do the casting. I just think he could, he yeah. would, kill I think it. next week maybe we could get a professor X. And the last little thing about Marvel news uh, before we get to what if, and our new segment that we're doing here. Uh, recently, an uh, MCU producer said that the that New York City now, after the blip, is thriving. However, its citizens are not. So I took that as businesses and like underground, maybe crime, and that sort uh, of thing is going well. So possibly Hell's Kitchen could be thriving. A certain billionaire, millionaire, Wilson Fisk could be thriving. You mean? Right. Yes, but that, its citizens are not. Yeah, so which means there's probably almost, some organized crime and yep. businesses, ha- hand possibly. Um, so speaking of Wilson Fisk, um, common villain for Wilson or common enemy of Wilson Fisk is Daredevil. Uh, recently, Charlie Cox stated um, he saw the rumors around um, everyone thinking his forearms were his hairy forearms in that Spider-Man scene where it was him. Uh, but people dissected the scene earlier, and the guy has a, a belly, which is not Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox is ripped. Um, the guy's got a belly, and uh, it, does, it doesn't It does appear to be him. I don't understand why, why Daredevil would slam the thing down, or Matt Murdock would slam that down. The um, theory that I saw was that uh, he's blind, so he didn't realize where the table was, and I thought that was dumb. Yeah, and then, uh, but Charlie Cox stated, those are not my forearms. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's like, yeah, they're Matt Murdock's forearms. Uh, no, I don't think that is it's Matt not Murdock. Him. No, if anything, he might be in the same room, but he, no, that's not him. And ev- but everyone else is also saying he didn't say he's not in the movie. That's true. He did. So, and then he recently stated, I feel, I f- get a lot of anxiety when talking about this. It gave him anxiety to get asked about that. Um, just anything to deal with, like whether or not he's going to be in future MCU product projects, and it's not really like fair to ask him these questions. And I totally agree with him because if he if he says he those are his forearms, he gets in trouble with Marvel and Disney and stuff for leaking information. And then like look at Tom Holland. Tom Holland is still made fun of. Yeah, for Bruce leaking. or Mark Ruffalo is too. And Mark Ruffalo. So Mark Ruffalo and Tom Holland are still made fun of for leaking. If he says those aren't like he's not, if he says I'm not in the movie, 
then people get mad at him for spoiling it and then they're mad at him for not being in the movie even though it's not like his choice right and then if he says no comment like i don't want to answer that question people say he's an asshole because oh why don't you just say it like it's not a big deal it's like he has it is a lose 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 situation in that yeah like it is amazing for the interviewer like they can ask him a question that he has no escape from yeah and And, you know i think like arguably um i think in the back of our minds we're we're expecting the other two spider-men to show up Mm -hmm. at some point like it's gonna be a shock yeah it's gonna be a shock it's gonna be sweet um but like i'm gonna get just as giddy if i see if i see just him he doesn't need to be daredevil he doesn't need to be daredevil nope he needs to be matt murdoch yeah like he needs to walk into a courtroom with his with like a cane or walking yeah yeah and that would give that would give me chills like right. he doesn't he doesn't even have to wear the daredevil suit they could redo his suit. like yeah and just with the way he is as a lawyer if he was interviewing or if he was talking to peter parker he'd be like you could hear him say he could he would just be like peter parker stop talking like if they were in the courtroom he would be like peter parker stop talking You're just right. up, tell him that and then peter would be like oh <laughs> like so, so overall uh i think it's unfair to ask charlie cox yeah and he's just gonna get slammed with questions for the next three months um so i'm glad he kind of made that statement i do hope he's in the movie but i don't think we should be asking him these questions any actor or like we shouldn't be asking any of them like it's a lose 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 situation and if i'm them i don't want to do interviews with those people anymore yeah i'm like why why you that's it's like asking somebody a personal question like hey before we do this interview please keep this off the table and then they ask it anyway yeah like with adam driver that happened in that radio show and then he walked out and people got really mad at him it's like no he told you don't talk about this and they did yeah so Um, like let's just let's just be good to be good to the talent they act like just yeah come on another thing uh making fun of tom holland and mark ruffalo for spoiling things um someone was in wherever they're shooting uh, Moon Knight, they they saw the uh, they saw Oscar Isaac outside of a hotel, right? So they're like, "Oh, can I get a picture, or whatever?" And this girl took a picture of Oscar Isaac, and not like an hour later, Mark Ruffalo came walking, walking by into that same hotel. So everyone, so they got a picture with Mark Ruffalo too, and um, so then the, then they asked him they're like well, are, you're at the same place they're filming moon Knight. like what are you doing what are you doing there and he's like you know what i've been i i'm sick of sp- like spoiling things so i'm not gonna say anything i saw like, that too um like could hulk be in moon Knight? sure yeah could he be there supporting oscar isaac and ethan hawk also sure so could he be there for something completely unrelated also sure could yeah. he be there as a consultant and have yeah. nothing to do with the movie also could like yeah so this is what i'm talking about like they they could be involved in so many things like when john favreau is somewhere they're not assuming he's acting they're assuming he's like they're assuming he's oh are, are you a producer credit on this yeah. like right. i just i think it's unfair the stuff the way that right like i get that they're making millionaires and they're like yeah and like they have dance. to do they have to do publicity publicity at some point right so you have right. to you have to interview mark ruffalo before or you have to, like say shang chi you have to interview simu liu before this 
you're not like you don't just sit there and hound them with questions that are spoil the movie. That's stupid. You know? Right. That's stupid. You you ask them about maybe their creative process. You maybe ask them about previous projects that they've done and how it compares to being in something like the MCU. Yeah. Like, how does it feel? You as an actor, your goal is to be in a memorable role that yeah. uh, people will always think of when they think of this character. When you're entering the MCU, even when you're not a main character, people are always going to remember you for this. You're, how yeah, does that feel? Yeah, How? and like especially with Simu Liu, like you, he wanted to be Shang Chi right. too. So, but now Aquafina, like she's Nora from Queens. She has her old YouTube series. Right. But now, after after Shang Chi comes out, if especially if it's a massive hit, a lot of the time when you hear Aquafina, you're gonna think Katie Raya. from uh, Katie from uh, Shang Chi. You're yeah. gonna think Shang Chi and Raya the Last Dragon. Like yeah. you can ask her. Like you work with Disney now a couple times. What is what is more intense to you, being an animated dragon or being in a live action character where you play a character you've played in other things? But now when people see you, they're gonna be like, "Hey, hey. Like, yeah, right." Like, yeah. these are the questions that you can ask. It's still entertaining for the viewer, but now you're not pissing off the actor. Yeah, like if I yeah. Charlie Cox, I would I would much rather interview. An we actor. will interview you and ask you nothing about the MCU. We will ask you about your Daredevil series. That and then and working with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, working with um, Finn Jones, uh, right? Well, that's another thing. Like, we could say that like we're not going to allow you to bad. We we are not going to tell you to bad mouth a previous uh, like a previous person you've worked with. But we've been the it's been told by people that have worked on the movie or on the show that Finn Jones refused to put in extra time and extra work to become his character Iron Fist. And you know, that- but but like that, he was it was it was good in Defenders. Like he was good in the Defenders thing when he was surrounded by people. Like maybe he got carried by you know, right? And Charlie then, Cox, like, and as Christian opposed Luther. to Vincent D'Onofrio, who stole people, the show when who, he was. Many people, around. every care, every movie he's been in Jurassic World. Apparently, people that worked with him said that he was actually like hateable. You could genuinely hate his character because of how well he was playing them. And yeah, and. Uh, law and order criminal intent people said that he was uncomfortable to be around sometimes because yeah, how was it into his character so yeah, how was it working with john bernthal is he as intense as he is like right you you've dealt with such a wide variety of actors what's that like like i feel like that's an entertaining question as opposed yeah. to hey those are those are forearms yeah yeah like, i just hate that and i feel yeah. like the, re- the interviewer should have done more work you know? so but what if episode four just happened uh for me it's the best episode yet. So T'Challa's episode, what if T'Challa were Star-Lord, was my favorite episode. Um, it was episode, for me, it went episode two, three, or two, one, three. And okay. then now for me, it's four, two, one, three. Sure. Um, yeah. T'Challa episode, to me, I never felt sad. Like, it, it was almost like a constant happiness episode like you just felt yeah. good you were thinking about how good chadwick was doing the character was amazing um you heard about how good he turned thanos of all people into like a good guy like yeah everybody korath is now good, like on the good guy side like you just felt really good in that episode and it was like uh nope this is episodes a nine out of ten it just makes you feel great all right and it was done well original storyline this episode episode four um, with Sorcerer Strange, Strange Supreme, Doctor Supreme, whatever, however you uh, want to say it. Uh, Supreme Strange? I think it's Supreme Strange. Yeah. Um, but uh, however you want to put it, uh, was the exact opposite. It was almost a constant sadness, except for maybe a few things like with the Obang interaction. 
um where, yeah. he, where he was like strange that's a that for mean. a split second i thought that was going into uh dr voodoo brother voodoo or whatever oh, i thought it was going that way but then i was like no nah, they, they wouldn't do that yet but uh it was just uh, it was so depressing um it never really got better and then it ended stayed depressing yeah like um yeah. like the end of the chichala one it ends with something like dark and sinister with ego showing up at dairy queen with yeah but like nope it ended with just just, just him in his little he tried to do the um that like mystic thing where magic can happen inside the circle or inside that's whatever that figure and then it doesn't affect the outside world that's what he was trying to do but then it ended up just like collapsing on him and he's just in there he's, and his universe is destroyed what looks like a purple geode at the end of the episode geode, that's it looks like was. it looks like a little geode um i saw somebody try to theorize that that was the power stone it doesn't look anything like the power stone but um yeah he's just stuck in this little area and that's how the episode ends he's stuck yeah. and his universe is destroyed around the episode we'll just kind of go through it give you a little breakdown spoiler alert spoiler 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 so uh it starts with the episode is about what if dr strange lost his heart instead of his hands so what if he what if his true love dies instead of losing the ability to use Dr. Dr. Christine Palmer? Yes. So instead they're they're going to an event after he performs a hemispherectomy which is they remove half the brain. It's an experimental procedure. It is a real procedure for those of you who don't know. I actually have a cousin or my mom's cousin. I don't know how that would relate. His cousin once removed whatever. Um I actually have my mom's cousin had that. Um where they remove like half the brain. He apparently performed one of those surgeries. So like a risky one. So that's why he was. And he, um, Dr. Strange is the, or Stephen Strange was the kind of, the kind of person to, to not do that. Like he would, or he, he's obviously a very successful doctor, but he would, there was some point where he was going through his car in the original movie where he was swiping when the procedures were like, they, there was no hope. You know what right. I mean? yep. So yep. he was basically deciding keeping his whether success. Or not people, yeah, making sure that he always had a successful surgery so that he didn't get a bad reputation. Um, but yeah, they were on a way to like to celebrate that event, and then instead of getting into the car crash that initially caused his him to lose his hands, he saves them. Um, but then he gets hit by a terrible driver behind them that yeah. is going 200 miles an hour, slamming yep. back for some reason. It's weaving behind them. So. Um, and then that car crash kills Christine instead. Um, and that's when he decides to pursue magic. And that's when he decides to like become Sorcerer Supreme. Yep. Um, except now his motivation. And now that he actually has the ability to use his hands, he picks up the magic really quick. Yep. Instead of like in the original movie where it's really difficult for you to use his sling ring without his hands. Yeah. Um, and because of that, except now his motivation is to be able to eventually reverse time and save christine which this is a, i imagine this is what he went through in and or in infinity war when he's going mm -hmm. through all the realities or whatever i envision that's kind of that's what we saw we basically saw him going through the realities yes or going through yeah the bunch of different yeah realities um and in each one dr christine palmer dies so. yeah so if you've never seen them have you ever seen the movie time machine I've seen Hot Tub Time Machine. 
Well, in the movie The Time Machine, um, it's with Guy Pierce, who is in Iron Man 3. He's the villain in Iron Man 3. Um, but Guy Pierce, that he's the lead in The Time Machine. He's a professor back in like the olden days before like in New York, sure. before they had vehicles like cars, like back then. Um, who his the woman he proposes to after they get after he proposes, after they're going for a walk in the park, she gets killed. And then he invents a time machine to go back and save her. And then he goes back in time to save her. And uh, instead of going for a walk in the park, he decides to take her to the flower shop. And he walks inside to go get flowers. And then outside, she gets run over by a horse. And he realizes no matter how many times he goes back in time, she's going to die. There's, you can't reverse it. Right. And then you learn at the end of the movie that you can't go back and save her. We learn from Jeremy Irons, who's the one of the guys. He's the one telling him this. Um, tells him you can't go back and save her because if you go, you create a paradox. If you go back and save her, you don't invent your time machine, which is basically what you're destined to do was invent your time machine. You're meant to be here, and he ends up going hundreds of thousands of years into the future, where the the moon has exploded, Earth has gone through another ice age. Like anyway. Love that movie. It's actually one of my favorite movies of all time. It includes my favorite quote, which is we all have our own personal time machines, memories that take us back and aspirations that move us forward or something like that. So um, amazing movie. But this I immediately thought of the time machine as this movie, as this episode was going on. And sure. I was like, eventually he's going to come to the realization if he goes back in time over and over, Christine's going to be dead. But instead, he decides to try to become powerful enough to reverse the it is considered a oh no well, okay so he, he keeps it? going back and he realizes that that he's not strong enough and then the ancient one shows up what is that moment in time called a absolute an point absolute point yeah and, and they capitalize it in the captions absolute yeah. point um which means it is a proper like it is actually something you're supposed to know the ancient one tells him it's an absolute point. You can't change it. And he said, yeah. there's been somebody in the past that has changed absolute point, which was. Cogliostro. Cogliostro. Cagliostro. Cagliostro. What, something like that. Yep. Um, and so he goes to find the lost books of Cagliostro. The ancient one tries to stop him, but he is able to, for, for the time being. You learn think, later. We yeah. learn later, but he escapes. Gets out. You'll have to find me first. Yes. Like um, and he goes to the books Cagliostro where he beats Obeng. Um, Obeng greets him and says, like, what's your name? Or whatever. And they, or whatever. And he says, strange. No, he says, uh, Armani. It's right. like, it's, Ar it's Armani. You, your outfit is strange. And he says, it's Armani. And then he said, like, no, right, it's Sorcerer, Sorcerer Armani. Yeah. So, all right, Sorcerer Armani. And then he's like, no, it's strange. He's like, no strange than any other name, which is from, that's what Caecilius says to him in the in Doctor Strange, the movie. Yeah. So that's a little Easter egg callback there. Doesn't really weigh on the story. We don't see yeah. too much more of Obang after don't, that. We don't see Kaecilius at all either. Um, but then Doctor Strange finds the lost books of Cagliostro and learns about absorption, in which he's able to absorb the power and of entities and like their live their basically their soul, but not it's like their entity, their their yeah. aura. Um, and he initially tries to absorb Shuma Gorath, which I believe is just Gorath at this point. And, and it is also a different Gorath. It was confirmed this is not the same one that's in 
Cap- the Captain the Carter first, one. The Captain Carter. It's a different one. Also a different one from the one that's going to be in Multiverse of Madness. So toss that in there. Take that however you will. But then Shuma Gorath is too strong or Gorath is too strong for him. So they send him back through his portal and he says, I'll be back for you later. Then um, we find out he spends over 200 years or 300 years. And he just says centuries. Yeah. Absorbing different entity entities. He starts um, small and works his way up power wise. Yeah. He absorbs. Um, he went through. And um, by the way, Obang is the official librarian for the books of Cagliostro. Just wanted to toss that in there. But um, he starts using dark magic, chaos magic, and orange magic throughout those centuries, showing that he is becoming evil or dark, and he has to use other versions of magic and power in order to do so. Um, and so how he's changing. He absorbs them through eyes, his eyes and mouth which I think is supposed to represent how he's absorbing their or other entity. Like it is not something natural because if it was something that was technically supposed to happen, you'd kind of see it through his hands. I think like right. you see with other people that use magic and right. Marvel. Yeah. The, the mystic arts is very like, yeah. So. This is where he ends up getting his cape. He, he absorbs somebody and takes their cape. Yep. Um, he then absorbs somebody that looks like, a garden gnome is like the first thing. Yeah, yeah, the garden gnome. He absorbed like a garden gnome. Um, and then he absorbed a Corviknight, which Corviknight looks like... Uh, Corviknight's a new Pokemon from Sword and Shield. It's like okay. this giant steel bird. He absorbed something that looked like okay. that. He fo- followed by a dragon that looked like a lot like Shenron. Okay. Uh, so I, I went through... He absorbs a garden gnome, Corviknight, Shenron, then Cerberus. Yeah, definitely Cerberus, yeah. Um, and then after that is the Horn King from uh, Black Cauldron, is what it looks like to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's and the then one. some weird-looking bat thing. Uh, so that's, like, in order of, like, the things he absorbs. And he just absorbs, like, all these different creatures. And afterwards, the Watcher has his own little narration, some exposition stating, um, Doctor Strange is on the wrong path. He could intervene and warn him that this is the wrong path and the fate of his universe isn't worth um, risking. Uh, The fate of his universe isn't worth risking the safety of all others. However, he says that there's no way this Doctor Strange would listen. Yeah. Um, I think this ties directly to Spider-Man No Way Home. I think that this is uh, what's going to... Like, if we see... When we see Doctor Strange opening the multiverse, there's a good chance that that opens the opportunity for what well, like we said. He's this strange supreme is ends up in a dark like geode. I think it's potential that he some he gets access to leave that geode through the multiverse being torn open. Yeah, because his universe no longer exists, but right. he exists. But he exists in this time. Like his universe is now. That yeah, whatever geode. that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I do think it ties into Multiverse Madness and Spider-Man No Way Home for sure. Yeah. Um, he then continu- continues absorbing entities. One that looks like Sven from Frozen. Yeah. Then another dragon that's like a, a dragon eel looking thing. Yeah. Then a giant wolf, a giant snake, a two-headed muscle man, and then so many more. All the rest are blended and mixed with Doctor Strange's face, so we mm-hmm. can't see exactly what they were. Finally, the last thing he absorbs is Shumagorath, five of its tentacles, not the whole thing, but apparently right. absorbing those tentacles was able to kill Gorath, is what the creators of the well, show it, said. Like, 
Okay. It like went back into the portal. Or like it looked he, like it he, went he back. cut the he cut the portal. So then Right. And Gorath the, is supposed to continue growing. Yeah, the the being should still be on the other side. Exactly. Which so. is why I which is why I think it's gonna also tie into multiverse of madness again, because Gorath is now gonna be attacking Doctor Strange because yeah. like, you took my tentacles. Yeah. But it's yeah. But I, I our mean, Doctor Strange isn't gonna know. I have I have but, more on on Doctor Strange later, where I think there could be a lot of smoke right. when it comes to. Uh, but I, I think they're doing that because I think I think Gorath is gonna be after our universe is Doctor Strange, and our Doctor Strange is gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. Because it's this universe's Doctor Strange that took his tentacles. Yeah. Yeah. Not our Doctor Strange. So yeah. I think that's what happened there. Um. Then we find out that. When Ancient One and him, when Ancient One was trying to stop him from doing this and trying to stop this absolute point, she split the timeline that they live in so that there was the Doctor Strange in this universe who was able to overcome Christine's death. Um, this whole episode ha- is like a complete artistic point, which of is view. more like our our Doctor Strange, which the, is a the lot one, more like our Doctor. Yeah, Strange. that's what our Doctor Strange would do because he was like. When it comes to like you or the kid or the time stone, like I'm going to choose the time stone. I'm going to do what's best for the reality rather than you two people. Like right, yeah, a lot more rational as yeah. in, like ra- rationality over emotion. Yeah, and uh, this whole episode I love because of how artistic it is. It, it is like a cinematic masterpiece in a 30 minute episode. It is it is art. It is deep. It is insightful. Both Doctor Strange's go through all stages of grief. They go, they go through um, denial, anger, bargaining, depre- depression, right. acceptance. They go through all of it, and it's shown in physical acts, in their face, in what they say. And both of them go through it in different times. Like, yeah. the evil one doesn't go oh, through I mean, it until the very I, end. I think... Um... I think the it was my favorite part was it was very true to what Doctor Strange is and Doctor Strange if you've seen the first one which you should have or just anything with Doctor Strange when Doctor Strange was fighting Thanos on Titan just all the visuals with Doctor Strange is just amazing it is so absolutely yeah um, but we do we find out that there's like basically a good and evil Doctor Strange in this universe one that is they're both Sorcerer Supreme it's just one is evil Supreme that absorbed all these different entities trying to become strong enough to stop an absolute point and then the one that we have now that the ancient one believes is the only being strong enough to stop this doctor strange so he works with wong and preparing to fight this other doctor strange. yeah while wong is getting deteriorated in his reality because the entire world as doctor strange is absorbing all these entities and becoming more powerful the evil one the world around them is starting to crumble because as has been explained if he does go back in time and change the absolute point the world will cease to exist because similar to time machine if he reverses christine's death that will stop it'll create a paradox stop him from becoming sorcerer supreme in which he would not then be able to reverse her death destroying the world because that paradox would exist and split. Yeah. so um while he's working with wong they actually send the guardian vashanti spell the protection spell on him um you guys might recognize this it is confirmed is the same ruins runes sorry not ruins runes if you go watch wandavision again which i went back and looked at the episode to compare the rune shapes 
They are the same runes in WandaVision that they use protection spells that stop other magicians from using magic in that right. area. Those sure. are the same ones they put and attach to his face to protect him from yeah. getting absorbed by the other strange. Yeah. So they use the protection uh, Guardian Vashanti spell on him. The, I'm, I'm familiar with the book of Vashanti. I'm, sim- I'm familiar with the singer. Oh, that's Ashanti. Yeah. Um, well, then eventually, then the evil Strange and Doctor Strange fight at the point of Christine's death in time. They go back to the point where she dies and they fight each other. The one Strange, the evil Strange tries to convince the other Doctor Strange that he's the right one. And then the good Doctor Strange is like, no, you're overcome by grief and emotion. Yeah. You're not thinking rationally. They fight. Um, and that's where it's very obvious um, that the strange supreme is using black magic, chaos magic, and yeah. orange magic. And um, strange supreme destroys our strange's cape. And um, at that point, our strange blasts the evil strange and thinks he's won. But the evil strange had turned into our strange's shadow and then overtakes him yeah. and goes inside his head and tries to trick him by projecting himself as christine and christine tells him like this is the correct thing like bring me back you love me i love you but then he's like no you're not you yeah to which then dr strange the evil dr strange starts destroying our strange and ends up breaking through the spell and absorbing the good Doctor Strange and become right. officially because being split into two was making him not a whole person. Right. So he wasn't ever going to be strong enough to do what he needed to do. Um, so then he was able to become one and become whole. And he reverses the absolute point. But in doing so, he becomes a little bit of every creature that he had absorbed. And um, when he does that, Christine is terrified of him. Yeah. And so he puts himself back into what he did look like. But at that point, she's already, she realizes what he has done to get to do what happened. And then everything is wasting away. Right. And, and then the Watcher makes his point or whatever. Right. Um, we then see, like, Christine sees what's happening. The world is crumbling around them. And he that- tries to stop it by making, making the... the- magic sphere he tries to create the magic magic. sphere to protect him as it's crumbling and then he starts calling out for the watcher saying i sensed i've sensed your presence i know you're there help us so he had gotten so powerful he could sense the watcher take me take me don't doom this world uh and the watcher tells him it's basically too late your Uh, actions have consequences your actions have consequences and all that delicious stuff. Um, but yeah, so we actually get to see the Watcher's body in that scene. He shows himself fully. Doctor Strange calls him a god. He says, I am not a god. So that was a fun little thing. Like, he's not a god. Um, he's just a being. And he says he won't help him out. And tells Strange, this is your fault, basically. And then... He looks down at Christine in his arms. Dr. Strange does. And Christine's last words are, Stephen, what did you do? Yeah. Which was super heavy. <laughs> um, and then the world ends around him and he's stuck in this geode alone. And he's basically alone with his sock. He can't go anywhere. There is no world. He can perform magic in that sphere. That sphere is okay to perform magic in. So 
but what and we don't know the extent of magic we don't know because like yeah we're assuming there's probably no dark dimension in this little world so it's not like he can leave it yeah so he can create his own food and like i'm sure he can keep himself alive but that's about it yeah um and then the episode ends and the first image you see is dr strange's office with with his window and the emblem of the sanctum sanctorum um which when i look at it i when when we saw for those of you saw loki kang he who remains they're different people but he who remains when the timeline splits out his window it looks like the emblem of the sanctum sanctorum right um it looks purposeful and i think that they show that image first on purpose um it also the song that plays over those credits is eerie and beautiful i absolutely loved it and apparently it was taken from endgame so no wonder i loved it yeah it was very that movie's all right (laughs) it was a it was a beautiful beautiful song good imagery um just super dark artistic yeah incredible episode last time i checked on imdb it was a 9.3 out of 10 i gave it a 10 out of 10 it is um really it's hard to find fault in that episode yeah like, if you the only fault is if you wanted some happiness there's just <laughs> was there wasn't any yeah. there was some like jokes that were made by strange but that's about it right um, i uh yeah you said you mentioned kevin feige and we both saw this kevin feige had a lot of say in this episode he Dude. uh he wanted to make sure dr strange in this specific story was right yep um in regards to dr strange and just in in you know his eyes um so kevin feige this is the episode he has had the most input on uh the most uh, disney pro disney plus project he has had the most input on and he had something to help with in every scene you saw so that part of why this movie was so good is because the highest ranking person in marvel made sure that it was right um it was i if if you could watch one episode of one if this is what if this is the one so far like this is the one i think episode two portrays what the show is about the best like i think sure like it's when you think of the pro the premise of what if like what if this happened and how different things could be what the second episode portrays yeah. that yeah but i think um in terms um, of like a standalone episode four 100%. yeah uh so ancient one and in doc in the original doctor strange ancient one told doctor strange don't mess with dark magic and then it came to be that she was messing with dark magic yep um yep. so she was messing with dark magic and the dark dimension to pull power from blah blah you know to do things and it's partially Um, why she's able to maintain life after death right and so um in this one it it basically was strange going too deep down the rabbit like too deep down the rabbit hole and and um getting too dark it was very dark episode too much of the dark dimension and um to the point where he yeah. was using chaos and black magic. Yeah. So if he's strong enough to have chaos magic with which the Scarlet Witch is, you know, the only person that really uses chaos magic, um, that's intense. So overall, um, this episode was like a piece of art. It was absolutely incredible and I loved it. Um I the I thought the stages of grief representation was incredible. I thought the correlation with the TV the movie Time Machine was amazing. Um, 
just just overall i can't i can't recommend this more it and remember this show is canon um which takes me to our next point of the show's creators said that this episode was the one of all of the what if episodes that will have the most ramifications for the future of the mcu sorcerer supreme will be encountered at some point most likely um, and my question is, is will he be encountered as the bad guy of a future film or is this, um, does it have the most ramifications because we saw the interaction with the watcher? Um, and so we might potentially see the watcher in future projects and potentially interacting with other heroes. Yeah. Such as multiverse of madness. Um, yeah. I mean, the sorcerer, the evil sorcerer Supreme might come into multiverse of madness. Um, I think the, I think. You've got you got two big names when you think of multiverse of madness that have been linked with Doctor Strange as well. Um, you know, Wanda could be the villain. I don't know if they want to do that. I don't. I don't like. She kind of portrayed the villain in WandaVision. Yeah, she, was, she looked and she said yeah. that she was completely different direction as that character. Yeah. So um, I don't know what she's gonna be in this that movie. Um. Uh, there's, you know, from way back in the day, Doctor Strange 2, when Scott Derrickson wanted to make uh, Doctor Strange a horror movie, that's what he originally wanted to do. He wanted Nightmare as the main villain. Um, obviously, uh, with Wanda, Wanda's arc and Doctor Strange's arc, um, Mephisto is always a always an option. So I um, think Marvel I, said, so one of the theories was that in no way home that dr strange is actually mephisto yeah they one a spokesman for marvel actually came out and said fans are getting ridiculous that is not mephisto and yeah. like flat out told everyone that's not yeah. mephisto yeah so I people don't stop stop <laughs> mephisto mephisto will show up when mephisto needs to show up and i think it's going to be surrounded with a ghost rider and then um, when we start getting into more demons, yeah, blade more be like yeah we're, the, we're, that yeah you because yeah I think people are stretching a little bit they are but like with uh, in the sense of like this episode of what if being into ramifications of Doctor Strange multiverse of madness the big uh, thing from big thing for me in this episode like you said in multiverse of madness is um she went she called upon ancient one called upon the dark dimension this is where I was going to go earlier and I I forgot I lost my train of thought sure. um. Ancient One split him and caused there to be two. The, what we know about the multiverse is multiverse is the two big things are reality and time. Yeah, reality yeah. and time. So um, throughout different timelines is essentially like different realities. That's why we get female Loki, kid Loki, stuff like that. Um, in this one, there's two different two different timelines in the same thing. And so in Multiverse of Madness, you're gonna you could get two timelines, you could get 10 timelines, you could get 50 timelines, and 50 different Doctor Stranges, one of them being the sorcerer. It, 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 it could go anywhere. It could um, go anywhere. What I think is interesting is that multiple timelines can exist in the same reality. Yeah, like yes. That. So that's that's very weird um, too. Because then you think about it that there was a separate timeline or reality where there was just the one Doctor Strange who was successful the whole time and he was never split into two. There was another reality where there was the good Doctor Strange and he never decided to become evil, but Christine still died. 
Right. Like those are, and then there's the one that we saw in What If, where Christine died and he was split into two by the ancient. Yeah. So like all three of those are probably different realities that existed, but in this one, two timelines existed yeah. in the same reality. Yeah. So yeah. So I wonder if it was like if it was like you're going this way, and all of a sudden you got one going up. I can't do that. I can't bend like that. And one going down. So it's like now you. That's what the timeline looks like. You know, right. like in like our sacred timeline was just one flat thing. But right. it's like now there's is there did it split so, and there's so I two? feel like it could be similar to how she represented it in I think it's Infinity War. Yeah, where she said one branched off. Really. Right. And then they kind of were looked like a DNA strand where they were like interweaving. Um I think that could be it. And then that center, like it could be like interweaving timelines, and then a center one is the one where they never get split into two. Right. And the true timeline is supposed to be the one where she dies. Like in their universe reality, the true timeline is supposed to be the one where she dies. Christine dies. Where Christine dies, but then he doesn't go evil and he still pursues magic. Like, and then he becomes sorcerer supreme fastest and he's the strongest for like I think that's supposed to be that one's true time timeline, but um yeah i thought that was extremely interesting um speaking of multiverse of madness we have a lot on there um owen wilson and sofia DiMartino are apparently going to be reprising their roles yep that's that which uh which could make sense i mean if there's different multiverses kang has got to be in one of them um and so I, I don't i don't know i i saw something earlier that said um let me find this real quick um so apparently yeah yeah so apparently marvel is possibly leaking rumors um to throw everybody off the scent of what could happen in multiverse of madness and i would believe it because i've seen probably there's probably if you go back to before this phase even started back to end back to end game um there's been probably 100 or more rumors regarding Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So oh, there's yeah. no there's way that all so of them many. are true. There's no way that's all, all of them are true. No. Nope. Um, the only one that we know for sure is that Wanda's in it. Like, because that's that's confirmed. So anything, anything can happen. And so I think that you take all of these uh, rumors for Doctor Strange with a grain of salt, just like we always say, because anything could happen. You know, we don't we don't know it's just like uh like we talk about sports a lot um just like around the draft time people teams put out 50 players they're interested in so that you don't know the what you're so confused about the one actual player that it's just a <coughs> dartboard throw at this point right with marvel movies they've come to the realization that that's what they have to do they have to throw out 50 theories and leaks and because it's just a dartboard the fans can guess which one is going to be actually it one of them is probably right but it lo- perfect visual actual example no way homes whiteboard of potential yeah names names they names, literally yeah. put out a bunch of different names just to mess with people and yeah the um jacob ba- jacob Battleon, uh zendaya and tom holland all put on their instagram feeds a different title like homesick mm-hmm. uh-huh. um if that's a perfect example. This is what Marvel's going to probably do from now on because of the way fans are with theories. Yeah. So take it all with a grain of salt. But you're going to hear a million things. Um, 
people have mentioned Agatha coming back to Multiverse of Madness. I don't think that's happening, but that's been mentioned. People have mentioned yeah. uh, Mephisto. I, saw I don't Thor, think that's Thor, happening. I saw today Thor could be in it. Like it just Thor, which they could be talking about Jane Foster now, or they could be talking about Chris Hemsworth. They could be talking about Party Thor. They could be talking about Throg. They yeah. could be like at this point, it could be anything. So look <laughs> at the ones that are most plausible and think about those ones, but the ones that aren't. Like, yeah, Charlie Cox might be in it as uh, Matt Murdock, but he might not be in it as Daredevil. Charlie Cox might be in it as Daredevil and Matt Murdock. Like, you never know. Yeah, yeah. So, like, just think about... He uh, could just be, like, he might not be in it at all, but we might, might, not pass, be in it all. Street, might pass the street and it'll say Nelson and Murdock. You never, you might, like... We might not have a single theory that's coming out. Moon Knight or one of these TV shows might show up in one of these big movies first and we don't even know about it yet. Like... There's somebody we might not even think about. Nightcrawler might randomly Elijah, show up. Elijah Wood as Nightcrawler. I think they should have um, somebody with an accent, yeah. as opposed. To, but I'm okay with that. I, I'll, I'll take Elijah. Wood. I'll take Elijah Wood as Mystique. That just just give me Elijah Wood as anything, man. Um, but yeah, like all of those, all of those um, could be real. All of them could be fake. One of them could be real. You don't yeah. know. Um, but we like talking about it. Yeah, just, to, just in case one of them are. We theor- we take one one rumor, theorize what it could do. And then... Uh, one, one, uh, we'll just do this little thing here. Um, if, for those who watch uh, Walking Dead or have seen Avengers Endgame, um, or no, Inf- Infinity War Endgame, and Endgame, um, the person who plays Red Skull is not whoever played Red Skull in the past. It is Ross Marquand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. We like so, Ross Marquand. Yeah. So Ross Marquand plays Aaron in The Walking Dead. Um, and he plays the new, he's the new Red Skull. So um, For I was going... that are fans of LGBT representation. Aaron is a gay character in Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's... yeah, he, he takes, he also, he's such a, such a cool character. He actually takes some of uh, Rick Grimes um, storyline. He gets his hand cut off and he gets the little spike gauntlet thing. So, um, yeah, he's a big of enough character to get the main character's story. From um, the comic, yeah. From the comic. Um, so I will be going to a, a convention next weekend. Uh, not next weekend. Yes, next weekend. Yes, the 10th, 11th, and 12th. On the 11th at 12 p.m., Ross Marquand will be at a meet and greet. At It'll that be, convention and go ahead and t- drop the name of the convention where it's at. So it is, it's a, uh, it's Crypticon. They run out of, uh, my cousin has been doing it, uh, in Kansas city, been running it in Kansas city for 15 years. Um, and they want him, they want him or um, him and my, yeah, they want him to run the mini Minneapolis one. And so it's all things, horror, sci-fi, steampunk, a lot of art, like art in regards to like th- like movies, movie productions, stories. And has um, there ever been anybody else like big like Ross Marquand that they've been able? To yeah, get? yeah, they've had. Um, they actually asked about Henry Cavill this year, um, but the price tag was a little little too much for him. I think you. Um, but they've had. Um, they've had uh, both the actors from Jensen Ackles and the other guy from Supernatural. They've okay. had the car from Supernatural. They've had. Um, my brother a, and his wife are huge fans of Supernatural. A ton of people, like I, we were, we were picking his brain just about everyone, 
Um, and uh, he's met. He said he's met Henry Cavill a couple times. Um, he uh, he has um, a couple times throughout the years. He's had the person who does makeup for Johnny Depp. Um, oh, cool. So That's like big. like Johnny Depp only has one makeup person, and so like he doesn't switch around. He's got the one person, and he's good friends with her. Um, so they have like people who come in and do makeup and have little makeup art art and stuff. It's huge. It's a three day event. We're going to do that for um, my girlfriend's small business. Right. Yeah. She, she makes jewelry and she'll actually have a booth at Crypticon and it's in Minneapolis. So um, my wife and I will actually be going as well. And um, if you are fans of the show and see us, feel free to say hello. Yeah. And um, make sure well, I'm very, stop very excited. Yeah. Buy, I wanna... his, his girlfriend makes jewelry. So buy some buy some jewelry from her. Yeah, so Ross Marquand, I'm very excited. I'm, you know, I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. I'm a huge Marvel fan. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited that he was there. I saw that and I, I sent the text out. I was very happy. You said so. we are talking about that on the pod. So yeah, um, yeah. So I'm happy. I'm excited for him. I think he's a terrific actor. So the fact that he's in Minnesota, not a lot. Like Minneapolis is the only place in Minnesota that gets people to come anyway. So yeah, not surprising that he's in Minneapolis. But very cool whenever an actor or somebody like that comes along. Yeah. Um. So very cool. Awesome. My favorite sports guy. My favorite analyst in sports. Joel Klatt was in Minnesota today. Ross Marquand coming to Minnesota uh, yeah. next week. So very fun. Um. If you're in Minneapolis, stop by. If you like Ross Marquand, if you're a fan of Walking Dead, if you're yeah. a fan of yeah, Crypticon um, Minneapolis. Feel free Crypti- to check them out. Crypticon Minneapolis. So, um, yeah, but we just had that here. Um, otherwise, we have a couple little fun notes before we go through our last Marvel section. We just have let's just let's just drop our little fun segment here. Um, so, video games. We're fans of video games. Uh, yes, you and I sure. played Fortnite for a little bit. Yeah, it's not we, my cup of tea. We were we were pretty good in regards to like the combat part. Yeah, you know, shooting shooting people. It's but third building. person, which is a little odd. Building, we sucked at, and we couldn't compete with people when it, in regards to building. Yep, yep. I got I, um, the best I took was second place, and a dude basically just dunked on me. Um, I was one v one, and he just built a tower. I couldn't do anything because I couldn't build. <laughs> I, could, I, I just like kind of stared at him and watched. I could build a I could build a ramp. Like I could build a ramp and go forward yep, on the ramp. That's, that's about it. it. And uh, or I could just spin and spam, and it wasn't like any actual tactical building it was just kind of placing things randomly yeah um that guy built a strategic tower stood up top and one shot me basically and i was like all right yeah that was fun and that was basically the last game i played and yeah but anyway martin luther king is going to be in Fortnite. yeah they're doing everything now and uh, i get the marvel run i get the dc run i get the even like the sports run Um, it just seems very tasteless to me mlk there's, so you're telling me that like, there's going to be, and this is very distasteful, but you're telling me that there's going to be a bunch of like Martin Luther King skins running around getting shot. That's getting shot, stay. getting shot. That just doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. It, and it, I, I'm, it un- makes me really uncomfortable. Like it might be me projecting uncomfortableness when some or uncomfortability when somebody else, like maybe, they, maybe there's people out there that think it's totally fine. But man, this does not seem okay. Yeah, it doesn't. And you know, I get it. They, you know, Justin Justin Jefferson's gritty was the first NFL like promotion type dance that was in. And I'm like, all right, like heck yeah, like cool. the gritty. They've had be... superheroes, Thanos. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Thanos, Deadpool. There's Deadpool events. Right. Oh. They've had a bunch of cool events that I've. They, they had John Wick. They've had, you know, they've done all these things. But Martin Luther, Martin Luther, Martin Luther King. King. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't it. know. I hate it. I I'm, saw it on Fortnite, and I was like, "Why is MLK?" Is it MLK and Fortnite was trending? And I was and like, "I just saw MLK was trending," and I was like, "Oh, that's." I mean, ML, that's not. It's February. Well, like, yeah. it's it's not February. And, oh, yeah. it's because he's in Fortnite, where people are going to yeah. be able to shoot him. Yeah. Like, oh my! I hate I it. Know. I hate it. Yeah. It's, um. Let's move on from that. Uh, thank you. Um. Speaking of like new things in technology, the iPhone 13 is going to allow phone calls and texts without cell phone service because they are going to be um, utilizing EOSs. For those of you who don't know, those are Earth, uh, sorry, LEOSs, which are low Earth orbit satellites, which um, basically means you don't have to have service or cell connection and they can still communicate with those satellites. You'll still be able to make emergency calls, send text messages, and um, do phone calls. I don't believe you'll be able to use things like LTE. Like you won't be able to stream a YouTube video or something, but sure. you'll still be able to call and text and do service. Got so so communi- communication wise, that's, that's good. If you're in a place where you don't have service and need help. Right. And sure. so we're in Minnesota. If, there's a lot of places up North where they don't get the <laughs> cell phone service Yeah, middle um, of the woods in the middle of the woods. So, uh, it's going to be good for those people. Um, yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah. then the last little fun piece of news, which I am also very excited for, Jenna Malone, who you might recognize her from Hunger Games. She's the girl from, I believe, District 7. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. She's got the, yeah, okay. Yeah, she's the lumberjack people. Um, she's also in Sucker Punch, which we're both huge fans of that movie. Yeah, we went to go, did we see it in theaters? We saw it in theaters. We bought yeah. it, like, as soon as it came out, we watched yeah, it. because we place. were like, oh, a bunch of hot girls shooting guns. This sounds like a movie for us. And then we expected the worst. And then it turned out to be, like, this actually, like, deep. There's a story, There's yeah. a great story. Like, like a like, story about these how these four girls were abused. And by it's some, adaptable. Uh, like, you can th- create your own story for some of them. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's all in, like, their minds or something like that, too. Surprise, surprise, it's a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, it's so. really good. And so anyway, I know it's not a famous or popular like popular movie, but we will always it. we'll always remember it. Yeah. And I own, I used to own two copies of the movie. Yeah. And now I own two copies. So <laughs> um, I, I may anyway. have uh, swiped that well. <laughs> Jenna Malone um, says she would love to do a prequel. Um, I'm not sure if they would shoot the prequel in the same style because her character was supposed to be at that insane asylum earlier than yeah, the main I character. Wanna, yeah. Bad. Uh, baby doll baby doll um her character rocket was supposed to be there i think it's rocket uh yeah or maybe vanessa hudgens was rocket but anyway her character i believe was supposed to be there before baby doll and so i think the story would probably just be surrounding her but anyway she says she's open she was rocket then we have sweet pea and blondie yeah so um i would love to see another one i'm all for it Zack snyder is a hot commodity right now yeah. Ever, ever since his Justice League went so well. Um, yeah. Snyder Cut. Right, Snyder Cut. And I think, um, so he's wanted a lot right now, similar to like James Gunn. People want certain directors and stuff right now. And get it, give it to him. Like, sure. uh, I'll go see it. Yeah. Maybe even if it's like an HBO Max release. Yeah. Do um, that I would too. have to get HBO Max. But I've got there? HBO Max. You can come over. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that we just had some fun news there. I think that is exciting. And 
anytime new movies and stuff come out like that like especially i consider that's like a cult movie now yeah i don't think it really should be i think it's it doesn't get its credit every time i see people talk about it now it's only positive yeah like anytime i see people talk about it it's positive so clearly it was just before its time somehow or just yeah if that came out now it'd be freaking it'd be it'd be very very well received more received it would probably be considered like you would probably have 50 50 in terms of like feminist movement you'd probably have some people think that it was inappropriate with their outfits but then you probably have a lot of people like me who it's like, no, they're not only like, yeah, their outfits are risque, but they're kicking ass the whole time they're wearing Right. Them. Yeah. It's very, it's very, uh, and it ends with them being successful. Like they overcome the bad, bad guy and are able to escape. Uh, yeah. And so we'll do episode five next week, which is the party Thor episode. So I think they're doing that on it'll purpose. be something nice. I think they're doing that on purpose to give us a little lightening up because um, for those of you that didn't see in like some of the previews and stuff and trailers of what if party Thor teams up with Killmonger party Thor teams up with Captain Carter. Um, so party Thor is somebody that we're going to see in that whole, the series finale of our se- season finale. Cause there's going to be a season two confirmed and season two is going to yep. have black uh, widow in it. Black widow. I just saw that. Yep. But um, the end, the season finale of season one is Ultron, Ultimate Ultron. Um, and Party Thor is one of the people that's fighting Ultron. And sure. we also see in that trailer, the Watcher is the one opening the portals from different dimensions to help fight Ultron. Got it. Cool. So we'll be seeing that. We'll be talking about uh, Party Thor next week. Probably some NFL and any other sports news we have in week one of the NFL. So, yeah. Um, and we'll be talking about a lot of other things. So make sure to tune in to uh, follow us on Twitter for updates on when that comes out. And um, for just like live opinions, we tend to tweet out. I tweet every day, like a lot. I also tweet every day uh, at Madden. <laughs> yeah, Madden. Um, <laughs> I, I tweet every day anything basically anything I see I tend to do an, a reaction to it or just like what I think and um, I think we can be pretty funny on Twitter as well so you know feel free to check us out that's at Glazier Gamble at JJ Jaff Plain um, I'll put those up on screen here and then um, feel free to check out the gaming channel we've been streaming every night 7 p.m. midnight uh, Central U.S. time twitch.tv slash Glazier and Glazier Gaming on YouTube for the highlights and clips of those and just full gameplay. Um, hopefully we get some Madden there soon. <laughs> hopefully we get some Madden on uh, the on the. I did YouTube today, soon. right? I yep, did you today. did. I think I've missed a day, but... I don't know. You almost did. You tweeted at like 11.30. Nice. Okay. So, so. you haven't yet to miss a day. Um <laughs> But yeah, so we'll have more of that soon. Otherwise, we just appreciate every one of you. Let's see if I got a good send-off for you. You know what? I'll give you a, a line I actually wrote down from the episode of What If Today, which was, uh, there is a fine line between devotion and delusion. I thought that was uh, pretty pretty impactful, a good statement, and I think everybody can take that. Just everything you do in life. Uh, if you, I mean, even, even, even this right here, it's like we could we could be delusional to think that um uh we're not we're we could go we could make it big with this right um, yeah. but we can also be devoted and being like we're doing this for ourselves as well as as right. everyone else and so. you know if you stay devoted to something 
that like tends to lead into a better product. And so it wouldn't be delusional to think it could go big. Yeah. But the, the fine, the fine line happens where you act as devotion. You don't act in that sense of delusion. Um, That's with anything. If you are construction worker, be devoted. Don't be delusional in like, yeah. just don't, don't. The, the only thing where we, we see purpose. a very, very, very close line and it's, it's borderline teetering. We don't know if it's delusion or devotion is just playing league of legends games and expecting a different result. It's, it's, I would also say we've tried, tread that fine line and expecting the Timberwolves to be good every year. It's not always next year. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I would say, we're devoted fans of the Timberwolves and we find we are almost delusional when it comes to Minnesota sports in general. Yes. Um, and then league of legends, we're pretty devoted and we're on the fine line of delusional of we'll ever win again. <laughs> so um, yeah, we'll send you off with that. Hope it was, I hope that was as impactful for you as it was for me. That hit me um, immediately started thinking about all the things I'm doing in life right now. So um, yeah, just think about that. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you um, gained some more. We actually gained another subscriber, two more followers on Twitch. So, you know, like you said, not not delusional to think it making it big. Everything takes small steps. So, yeah. uh, thank you all so much. And uh, GG, GG. Yeah, it's recording. <laughs> He's out of the poop. Okay, okay, okay. No, bear back. Okay, have a good rest of the show. Okay. Bear back. I mean, I don't have any tacos, but I got this drink. Whenever I go to Taco Bell, last time I went and the last couple times I've ever been there, I get two quesadillas. Nice. That's all I get. One for every inch. That's impressive. One for every half inch.